I'm putting my hair up because I'm sweating like Gary Busey at customs. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. And right, we're in. Energy. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, I'd sing to you, happy birthday to you, but I'm a little self-conscious singing it. It's a stupid song. And I'm Av Sinensky, and Ada, I'm giving you a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I have two. I'm I'm Vicki Lewis. It's definitely doable, and she has a rash on her pussy. (laughs) All right, we're going for it at the top. Excellent. (laughs) Welcome, 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 Vicki. Thank you. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, A Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 7, Episode 9, The Table Read, which originally aired on November 15th, 2009. As you've already heard, we have the very talented Vicki Lewis joining us today. Um, As I've already referenced, you played George's very capable assistant in Seinfeld. And, uh, and now here you are back on Curb as I think, mm-hmm. a, produ- I think a producer of the show, but uh, yeah, line the show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we're very excited to have you. So I I'm guess. I'm excited to be here. I'm, yeah, I really am. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you were, you were just telling us. So right before the pandemic hit, you were on Broadway in Anastasia and you have an off-Broadway show coming up between the lines. But yes, um, I was, yeah, I was doing Anastasia and then um it closed. It wasn't because of me. <laughs> Obviously. And, um, and then I, I got cast in this really great new musical called Between the Lines. So that was on March 11th. I came home to, here to L.A. I'm bi-coastal. So I came back to L.A. to spend time with my husband because we were going to start rehearsal on March 23 and perform all the way through August and hopefully make a Broadway transfer and I just never went back. All of my costumes have been built. The set has been built. And it just all kind of went. It's very strange. Um, wow, that really sucks. It sucks. But, you know, there are worse. I mean, there are worse scenarios. It, it just. Sure. I'm excited to see and I'm nervous to see what happens in September with, with Broadway in the state. You know, we're in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopeful, I would say, you know, let's see. Um, Absolutely. Everything, everything seems to be trending positively in a lot of different, you know, service, business, you know, service uh, areas and, you know, entertainment yeah. and, uh, you know, sports is picking up. Hopefully Broadway will be back soon and, you know, life can be I normal. I hope so. But then more soon. importantly, because Broadway leads the way for those sort of more vulnerable new works, you know, like right. the one I'm in or and, you know, off-Broadway and, you know, who knows how things are going to fit into slots and, you know, it'll be, it'll be wonky, but I, you know, it, we have season tickets to the Mets and we've gotten spoiled because they do A group, B group. And mm-hmm. so half, every other row would be empty until today, but I'm glad it's full. It's, he went with my stepson. It's absolutely full at, at the stadium. So it's cool. Yeah. Things are picking up. I was going to say, awesome. maybe the people in the empty rows are lucky because they don't have to see the Mets lineup. But Well, yeah, I don't see stuff like that in front of my husband because <laughs> he has a, a boy crush on, on um, OC. I'm not going to. The pitcher. The Grom? The pitcher with the, the amazing pitcher. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom. He, got, he, he left the game early tonight, unfortunately. Wait, no, the other one, the old guy, Kushner, not Kushner. Jared Kushner, the pitcher. <laughs> 
Jared Kushner, the pitcher? No, what's the guy's name? He's the Jared Kushner is, like a, is Trump's son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't. He's going to hate me for this. Maybe he'll text the answer to me. Why would he do that? He's at a baseball game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All good. All if good. I have to predict Jared Kushner's role in prison, I don't think it'll be uh, that Oh, rough. God. I, these things cannot move fast enough for me. I just, let's get these subpoenas going. Let's get these people, <laughs> line them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. <laughs> you know, you do that thing, you put their head in, and just don't help them so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so let's come back to uh, Curb for a second. Sorry. Uh, but no, so I think actually, so, yeah. so you were saying, so your character is a line producer. If I'm not mistaken, this is the second time you play a producer of a TV show within a TV show, right? Because didn't you do that on yes. TV, Home Improvement? Yes. My God, you really know stuff. Yeah, but yes. you, you want to be careful. You don't want to be typecast as the producer of a show within a show. <laughs> so, I don't think that's ever that, a thing. That, that common and trope, you know, that you always hear yeah. about. It's like, a... right? Oh, that's that girl who does the producer thing. We don't. We're not looking for that, right? Yeah. Now. So I guess um, my yeah. biggest question about your character is, and you know, we'll, we'll get into the recap. We'll discuss it in more detail. But like, mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway is, why do you have so much power over Larry David? Like, <laughs> how did you get so much power on the set of the Seinfeld reunion? <laughs> you I'm can... telling you. When I saw, you know, they give you a piece of paper. I think you've heard this from everyone when you go in to read for it. And mm-hmm. all my paper said was, I have to get my daughter to the, uh, to the um, doctors because she has a rash on her pussy. That was my only line. <laughs> and, you know, when he's in the room, he is an intimidating fucking guy. And he doesn't bat it back right away so he leaves you kind of right and so i just took that opportunity to be like what you can't answer a person you can't act like a human being i just gave you some information like i just and so right out of the gate i found this sort of natural if you will in way to engage with him because he is intimidating and he's incredibly smart so he's not going to just play you know what i mean he'll hit one when he wants to and he's got some lines he's going to do but i think that's how that happened but I remember particularly at the lunch table, I just felt awful. Like, and then somebody came over to me at one point and they go, you can go a little easier on that. And I was like, yeah, just please stop me. It feels terrible, but he was a good sport. One thing I wonder um, watching this episode and I did not uh, look up sort of any background to, to where Larry comes up with these stories from for this episode but I wonder you know Larry is the father of, of a daughter and I wonder yeah. you know because we see like even within this episode of Curb how things that have happened within the world of Curb have now been transplanted onto George for this fictional you know episode of Seinfeld and so right. I wonder like what kind of father Larry was uh, his, oh. daughter, his daughter by the way had her own show on YouTube these uh, like uh, shorts online which I, I watched the whole thing I thought it was she's talented. I, I think she's compelling. Yeah, well, she Lori wrote a funny David, book also. Oh, yes, I do know this. Lori David was my manager. Oh, my wow. very first manager. <laughs> oh, well, hold on. Yeah, hold the and phone. So, so this is like a, a Jeff and Larry dynamic in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would, I would go over to their house and Larry would be a distant figure. I remember he asked her at one point how to work something and that just cracked me up and we would all sort of hang out, but he was his own, his own entity. You know, why would you want to hang around with Lori Leonard and her young actor clients? Do you know what I mean? Mm. But so I was over at their house and it was a pretty funny dynamic. Um, 
And then I remembered this line that he wrote when they got separated and divorced. Um, he said, what is the first thing you did? And he said, I went home and turned on all the lights. Because as you know, <laughs> she was an environmental, like, you know, kind of. That's awesome. Oh, lights, all, yeah. Yeah, I bet you he had to have gotten that. Where else do you get that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Ah, you're the father of daughters. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I would refer to it as. I would yeah. not. Um, my, my wife actually uh, corrected me just this afternoon because my son told me at camp that he was changing into a swimsuit and some kids saw his pee-pee and his tushy and they were laughing at him and he was embarrassed. Aww. And I said, well, it's okay. Well, everybody has them. And he said, well, not girls. And I said, no, girls have two. And my wife immediately, who's a doctor, by the way, says, boys have penises and girls have vaginas. So, yeah. <laughs> We were, we were very clear on our nomenclature and yeah, we, we didn't use uh, the words that, that your character does in this episode, but uh, let's jump yeah. into the episode from the beginning of if we okay. uh, get our recap going. Yeah. I just actually, before we did, I just wanted to just um, ask a couple things about um, the secretary. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, let's go back to the secretary. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while we have you here. Um, yeah. So first of all, I just, w- I was wondering, was there ever a discussion that you're aware of, of, you know, Hey, Vicky was on Seinfeld and we're doing a Seinfeld reunion, like maybe Ada shows up, not, you know, Stacy. I honestly don't think so. I, I would <laughs> okay. like to think that they thought about me from 1990 to, you know, 2009, but I, I honestly don't think so because it was just, here's an audition for Curb and there was no, you know, maybe they realized it. It seems I don't know. That's but a once really you good showed question. up, once you showed up on set, though, they all said, "Oh, hey, it's Vicky." Oh, yeah, we worked together on Seinfeld. Right. Like, so, so someone would Jason said, Alexander oh. doesn't not remember like making out with you on the desk at Yankee well, Stadium. Jason remembers me because we were always doing plays together as well. Sure. Yeah. I'm not entirely no, because then Julia said, "Oh, you're looking well." Yeah, I guess I wouldn't think they'd remember, but I guess they did. So Maybe there was no discussion of that Seinfeld episode when you like when you guys were filming yeah. this curb. No, I mean. The whole thing is, I don't know the answer to that, but that's an interesting. Like, I'm I think, thinking, I think like, you, you know, you might be more obsessed with the Seinfeld show than some of the people involved. With yeah, it. Sir, it certainly seems that way. But no, you know, we could have a situation. No, I'm, where obsessed. George, I'm obsessed with it. George yeah. is like deciding whether to get back together with his ex-wife Amanda, but when who re-enters the picture? Oh. Ada, his own flame, right. and that certainly complicates things. You know, mm. there you go. I think that adds right. a little bit to the to the storyline of the other yeah. unit. You know, if Ada was working for that Madoff, he never would have pulled off that scheme. Ada would have nipped that right in the bud. Yeah, yeah. There's no way she got he gets that. Yeah. <laughs> Ada had special powers. She would take one, she would take, and sex powers. Yeah. She uh, yeah. Um, she would take one one look at those uh, statements and say these returns are unsustainable. This is not real. <laughs> <laughs> and she would she would have George in a steady IRA. You know what? 6%. That's right. George should have stuck with Ada. How how did they break up? I don't even remember. How does their relationship end on Seinfeld? Because he wasn't love with there was wasn't there three episodes if I remember or was it two? You're credited in two. The second one is the race. I think you're just in one scene and then like you might be on the phone for another scene. I think he fires me because he his own thing didn't you know his own set of of personal boundaries didn't work with me. So why even try it, right? Yeah. Like I need to you, go back to hiring sexy girls. Also, because because he promised you a raise, it, it then ended up that you were making more money than him. And that oh, like obviously was unacceptable. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I forgot, this was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, that was my uh, second- Amazing point. dirty talk, by the way. 
I'm giving you a raise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my two, two, uh, things I really love about that character. One is the way you pronounce George's last name. Like <laughs> right. Mr. Costanza. I love that. It's Where did you come up with that, by the way? <laughs> you know, um, I, I had a, a, like a knack because in the eighties, all I did was play nerdy people in television commercials. Mm-hmm. So I just had a really sort of, that's what I was expected to play usually. And so I just brought that to the table, you know. But all, if you and think that, about it, all Ada yeah. does is the same thing in a lot of like 90s teenage, like heart, heartthrob movies, which is, oh, if you put your hair in a tight bow and sit up all straight, then like, like the, the, all of a sudden this girl's ugly or you put glasses on and then you take them off. Oh my That's goodness. So cliche. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no one you know, can tell. With George, but George falls for it. That's why he hires Ada, right? That's right. That's right. And it's funny because I think I was in makeup or they were trying to, you know, give me the wardrobe or something. And she goes, oh, you're the plain one. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, she was confused because I walked in with hair and personality. And she's like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, I'll show you. You're the one with the the job and the raise. Yes. (laughs) More Um, than your boss. Two more. Two more. And I was on the set that that one of those two episodes where they I think I'm not making this up. I didn't see any checks, but the they had gotten their um, the big check, the syndication check, mm-hmm. all on this day that I happened to be there, and there were numbers floating around that were like seventy five million. Do you know what I mean? And I was like sitting up in those bleacher things where you sit when you're the guest, and I was like, "Isn't this fun? This is so so happy <laughs> for everybody. What the hell kind of numbers are those? Well deserved numbers, yeah. but yeah." It's a good show. Not, not it, was that, a, it was a good show, for sure. Now that I think about a parallel between your episode and this and this fictional Seinfeld reunion episode is that in both of them, George can't stomach the idea of being with a woman who has more money than him or who makes more money than him, right? Because that's the issue that he has in the fictional Seinfeld episode oh, where he, yes. he, he's just marrying her to get his money back because, yeah, he's... <laughs> I've never understood. You see polls, and Av, you can tell me as a man what your opinion is. Like, you see polls where, like, large percentages of men say they would not want their wife to make more money than them. I've never, like, right. why are you against your wife, like, making more money? That's good yeah, for make, you. <laughs> make the maximum amount. Yes. I, I, I don't understand George Costanza is definitely one of those people. <laughs> yes. He's also, if you know Jason at all, he, he thinks he's broke. It's funny. Like in J- Jason real life. does as well, you're saying. Yeah, he's worried uh. of being broke. He's not uh-huh. at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> yeah, but because we'll do a plan, it'll be like, well, yeah, I don't know. We need to get the, we can't afford two boys in school. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. Hey, when he was working, he was spending, baby. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know how you spend all that. No, he's he's got money. He's just got a funny, you know, thing about yeah. being yeah. broke, which I get. Yeah, which apparently uh, seems like Larry does as well, as we can infer <laughs> yes. from much of Kirby's yeah. enthusiasm. Okay, I have yeah. two more two more things on the secretary. Number one yes. is in the uh, in the infamous scene where you uh, you and George get added on the floor of the office. Um, you um, you do this move with a pillow where <laughs> one second like everything is like no nothing's happening. You're like get me a pillow, and then like you're both like screaming in ecstasy. So like. Could you please like oh explain to us the, you know this thing with the pillow because you know it seems great. We it, it it came out of us goofing around. I'm sure it wasn't my idea because I'm not as quick as Jason on my feet. Um, it was probably Jason, you know, or Larry, <laughs> or Jerry. Um, but 
yeah, I remember us like coming up with it and then like, this is hilarious. We don't even know what it means, but now we can make sense. You know, mm. this is the thing that turns us on. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the move in Seinfeld. It, it will never yeah. know. Yeah. So it's just like the move. You, it's, it's forever secret. <laughs> you know, daddy's going to be home from the baseball soon, but you have to be quiet. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. I have two stray dogs that are now my dogs. Mm, and uh, one of them is senile and one of them is spoiled. So oh, yeah. they, they might bark at one point and, and I'll have no choice but to give them K-I-B-B-L-E. Mm, okay, um, that's fine. Okay. We'll All right. If that's I fine. bark, I hope okay, my wife gives me some as well. Okay, so I had a little, uh, I did a little IMD bags and yeah. there are uh, seven people who appeared in both Seinfeld, the secretary and Curb Your Enthusiasm, the table read. And we're going to go back and forth and name them. Yeah. Starting like with you, Vicky. Somebody who appeared was in soup both. Nazi, was soup, soup Nazi there? Soup Nazi was not there. I thought I saw him there. No, oh, but, but well. In, but um, in, your, in your episode of both, obviously. No, I, that's what I, of Seinfeld yeah. or of Kurt? Both. In both the secretary and the table read. So the, the, right. the episode of Seinfeld you were on and the episode of Kurt that you were on had seven people in common. Wasn't. Right. Um, so Vicky, I think you go first. You can name yourself. We'll let you do that. <laughs> Thank you for this. So you're number one. So you're number one. Vicky, Lewis. Vicky, Lewis. Av, who do you have? Um, Well, I'm looking at the list, so. Oh, fine. Oh, cheating. George, uh, excuse me, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander is in both. Oh, my God, that's so obvious. I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you were, you were, yeah, you were overthinking it a little bit. Oh, so it's the whole cast of Seinfeld. Are those, like, there were all their. But only seven, but only seven of them, or six of them. Okay, so, so, fine. So the easy ones are Vicky Lewis, Michael Richards, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Jason Alexander, Jerry Seinfeld. And then there are two more actors who appeared in both. Stell Harris in both? Stell Harris is not. Okay. Oh. Um, He's not in the secretary. Uh, Oh, is it Big Dave? It is not. Okay. It must be Wayne Knight then. Wayne Knight is not. Good guess, but not. Wow. Um, I swear I saw a soup Nazi there. Please investigate. Um, let's see. Interesting. I don't want to cheat. I'm not going to look it up, but uh, oh, there's, yeah, there's the dogs. All right. I could I could give it to you. Um, one is Stephen. One is Stephen Heitner, Banya. Oh, episode. Yeah, okay. we'll see him later Wait, today. I later. know who that is. Okay, I just got mixed up because I'm old. It's all good. Late. Okay. And then the last one is a little bit off the board, but gettable is Larry David because it was this was obviously a Yankee Stadium storyline. Uh, oh, he's not oh. <laughs> tricky. Well done. Well done. Uh, so we have not only the core four, but the core five plus Vicky in this episode, yes. and Banya tags along as well. Yeah. Right. All right. So that uh, that takes us to the table read. Um, just a quick housekeeping note before we jump in. We will be doing a some sort of bonus episode after we finish season seven in which we will cover the reunion episode as its own thing as opposed to as part of this episode. So mm-hmm. we're going to kind of yada yada over the uh, the actual Seinfeld reunion stuff as we get to it in the episode okay. rundown. We'll we'll eventually get to it for uh, for listeners. So just uh, you'll see that in a couple episodes for now. Okay, great. Okay. So we start off at the old Monk's Coffee Shop set 
And Larry is just like glowing and looking at it. Um, you know, he's saying how it's just as I remembered it. They really were able to rebuild it exactly. I think they literally just had the sets around. They had so the like, sets. It literally yeah. was the set. Yes. Yeah. That's why it was, it was so well done. Yeah. Um, and um, Julia walks over and is like, she's also like, this is amazing. And she wants to know what the deal is with him and Cheryl. And right. Larry's like, oh, no, nothing. It's, you know, it's strictly professional. And Julia's like, oh, that's interesting because like, I didn't realize Cheryl was an actor. Um, and Larry's like, yeah, she acts all the time, of course. Yeah, she's a big actor. Um, and Cheryl's like, oh, okay, like, is there anything that you could tell me that she's worked on? He's like, oh, no, I don't remember. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Now, we do know she that she got the offer for the vagina monologues a few seasons ago. Right, right. He could have said that. And But, I mean, what has she done other than that? Because her husband doesn't know. Not a great husband, obviously. But um, she must have done something to get the vagina monologues. Right. Or was Jeff yeah, just or, doing that as a favor to, to his client, uh, Larry's wife? Yeah, who knows? That yeah, I, that's a, I don't know how to answer that without stepping in it. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to speculate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Monks is iconic from Seinfeld. That, you know, that first like shot is un- unbelievable. Um, I used to live like right near there. And there was like a pizza shop that I would go to all the time called uh, Coronet. They had like these giant slices. And they were amazing. And it yeah, was, like, wait, where was it in Manhattan? Where was that? Uh, it's like 110. It was. Uh, it's like 110. It's like 110 yeah. in Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I used, to, I, I used to live on 98th Street, so I used to like just swing by there from time to time just to be like, ah, oh, this, this. Yeah, that was cool. Hmm. You think it's still there? It is still there. Yeah. Even after COVID. Oh. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in person in the last year and a half. I guess it's possible. No, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I assume it's still there. I feel yeah. like they. Uh, I feel like they were hooked up with some PPP and they're doing okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like- there would have been like a news story or something on social media, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just assume the best yes. and, uh, without searching. Well, it looks like they're closed right now, but I think that just means because it's like late at night. Because yeah. it's late. Yes. Yeah. They. It says they're open tomorrow. Early, I'll be yeah. there tomorrow morning at six thirty for a big. Okay. <laughs> All right. Seven, they open at seven a.m., but you can okay. wait outside for half hour. Just <laughs> <laughs> at the table. Um, okay. So Larry's like uh, he table. continues just like he's a uh, rope. Fine, get a booth. Yeah, if you want to get there early, get that get the Seinfeld yeah. booth. It's although I, I think inside I assume it looks nothing like that. No, yeah, it doesn't. There's yeah. like a thing that's happening with you guys that I because I've never had a chance to watch you, but I get you're like you're actually doing Seinfeld at the <laughs> diner. Do you oh, know you're doing that? Oh, just me like just like the way we talk. The way you talk to each other. <laughs> which character about... is Bob and which character am I to put you on the spot? Well <laughs> you it's weird, like. Ob seems to be Jason or, or, you know, Larry or Larry, you seem to be, I can't quite pinpoint you. Like you might be Jerry who just never really says much at the, he's got a zinger every now, but there is like a, there's an energy. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, um, I think Chester is a combination of Jerry and Kramer. Yeah, like he certainly has like very Kramer tendencies. Like he's very, (laughs) like he's a lot. Um, And like he, like I, I've lived on the same floor as him in a dormitory, and he does just come crashing into your room with like some, some like zany idea with regularity. Like this is a thing. You know, when I was on the Seinfeld episode, what struck me was Larry Richards' complete devotion to those physical bits. So he would be off on like there was a bathroom set on that one and he was always working with a door and he would choreograph those things for a couple hours do you know what i mean he didn't yeah. just he really took it seriously and it was really on the money 
Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible physical comedian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even before Seinfeld, like on Fridays, like he was always like, like he's like, I mean, I can't, just an incredible, like as you said, like across everything he's really done. Yeah. Although, of course, Seinfeld's what he's most prominent for. The real deal, I, that was unfortunate what happened there. Yeah, well, uh, we're we're covering that. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) We'll get to that um, as it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, So Larry is um, he's roaming around the set and we meet Stacy who walks in and she's brought along her daughter, Emma, and she introduces her to Larry. And, you know, she's a big fan. They give a you know, they give a hug. She's very sweet. Um, She is played by a girl, now a woman named Sierra McCormick. Oh my God, um, she would be a woman now. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she, like you could you could like check her up on IMDb. She's like a full adult, so it's like yeah, it makes you. Does feel she act still? Does she do acting? Yes, I believe so. I looked her cool. up earlier. Um, you guys, yeah, she, was this, yeah, she just filmed this what about like the spring of two thousand nine, something like that. Yeah, she yeah. was just recently in a movie called The Vast of Night, which was like a really small but really good um, like sci-fi yeah. movie for last year. It was like it was really good. Um, and so, yeah, so she's, you know, she's acting regularly. She's in, been in a bunch of movie roles. I don't know if she's like Very a, good. a lead, but um, yeah. So she's actually credited on not just this episode of Seinfeld, of Curb. She's episode, she's on next week's, which I don't think is true because I watched it. It says uncredited. How could she be? Oh. It says, it's, so maybe, maybe we, I don't know what this means. On her IMDb, it says, the table read, it says Emma. For the reunion, it says Emma, parentheses, uncredited. Does that mean they filmed something with her and then didn't use it? Or they like she was paid for that episode because they thought they might use her and they didn't because I I just watched that episode and I don't think she's in it. It could be. There was a funny thing with the schedule. So they had wrapped me and I went down to do a concert in uh, the desert and I got this call. We need you on set. And we had it was their bad you know what I mean and they're like where are you and I said well I'm not in town even in you know Palm Desert doing a concert for aid aid relief and um so they go okay no problem Larry's gonna send the plane for you and it just it became this like the whole cast was like Larry's sending a plane for you so literally this plane shows up and it flies me back into town and we do that second scene in the office and then they fly me back down to where I was doing the show. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm seeing now it means that they are not on the screen. So for some reason they're credited for the episode, even though they weren't in it. So I don't know what that means. Right. Um, but yeah. So she was also credited on the bat mitzvah, which also doesn't make any sense. Um, Isn't that, is she related to No. Does she do background sometimes on it? No, it's just those three. And all three times it's Emma. So it's like, she's supposed to be this character, Emma, even in the back of the bat mitzvah. I don't know what that means. And why was Emma at the bat mitzvah and Stacy was not at the bat mitzvah? Why the Greens just invited your daughter? That's weird. Maybe she's friends friends with Sammy. Sammy. Maybe she's friends with Sammy. Okay, maybe Emma's friends with Sammy. It's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the Greens are friends with, you know, the Stacys, their daughters can be friends too. Maybe Jeff represents... uh, your character as well here, Stacy. Mm. What do you mean by represents? Yeah, she's like um, she's like a behind the scenes person. Those yeah, oh, he only. Oh, no, yeah, only Jeff just, is uh, probably. Actors? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. You work together. You know, yeah. you, people know. Yeah, you. yeah. Mm. It's Hollywood. We What's... were. I always. I'm. T- I'm doing all these things that have nothing like non sequiturs. But we were at the opening of Finding Nemo, 
and Jeff was so funny. I was walking up the stairs. We had just done the carpet thing. And then he was right behind me. And when we got up, I go, oh, hey, Jeff. And he goes, oh, Jesus Christ. I was checking out your ass. I didn't know that was you. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably lying, but it was very funny. (laughs) He's very sweet and very easy to be on the set with. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Stacy, you're like, um, hey, Larry, just want to let you know I'm going to be a few minutes late on my way back from lunch. No big deal. Um, I have you see, I have to take Emma to the doctor. Um, Vicky, I don't know. Do you recall why Emma had to go to the doctor? She has a rational Aha, yeah. uh-huh. I see. I still can't. Like, my parents have not seen it. I just. So are, what, yeah. what are we meant to, is Stacy just, um, is this just. She's just tone deaf in that moment, right? <laughs> I think maybe she goes to the, you know, women's lib mother thing, mother earth thing. And these words are great to say. And I don't fucking know. Like, it's just, it's so like, it's so wrong and it's so shocking. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I, I could barely say it. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I was prudish about it, but I couldn't hardly get it out of my mouth without dying laughing. Yeah, and I love yeah. Elkie's reaction, by the way, which is at first it's utter shock, but then all of a sudden yeah. it's almost like this pleasure of, yeah. oh, this is a thing I get to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Larry yeah. loves to find an excuse to have like something that someone else does socially unacceptable. He's like, oh, they've uh, right. you know, cooled the water for me. Right, like Stacy created a permission structure for Larry yes. to now just go around. I think he respected her a little bit more in that moment, even like, all oh, right, for sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just like so completely nonplussed. The media reaction is great. No. Um, I was wondering, maybe does Stacy is a little aware, and she's maybe even toned it down a bit for the workplace, mm. and she gets even more vulgar in casual situations. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because I started out and it was intimidating because that very first, the scene that you're talking about was on a rolling shot. So everything was timed. So, you know, Larry goes over to Elaine and then the camera pans to Michael and then I have to walk out in time. It's when the camera's at me and Larry walks over. And in the beginning, I was just going off the cuff and then I would get to the line. I'd be like, do you smell pee on my shoes? Like I was walking my dog earlier and I'd like, I would, you know, I would get blah, blah, blah. And I'd go, oh, I have to get, and he goes, just stop all of that. And just really plainly, it'll be funnier mm-hmm. if you just say, she has a rational Just, and he was right. I mean, like, just matter of fact. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the casual nature of it is what- That was his, that yeah. was his note on it. And of course it was the right note. Cause it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Larry is just like so thrown off by this that like he's hardly even notices that like Jason is now like standing in his face and like Jason is like gushing with compliments over the reunion show script, which like is very out of character for Jason, who we've seen yeah. has had um, you know a bit of a uh, antagonistic relationship with Larry over the years, and he's like you know I really am particularly impressed by this whole storyline with my ex-wife, um, but I can't remember what's her is her name Cheryl is her name Amanda it's so confusing, and he's like. You know, because like the script says Amanda, but the chair over there says Cheryl David. Right. And Larry's like, yeah, well, you know, your 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 seat says Jason Alexander, not George Costanza. And like, just like completely playing dumb that like, you know, right. know what George is getting at. Right. Um, yeah, I will say that I think the name, they didn't really think through the name Amanda Costanza, I would say. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, right? this is why well, I could never, never, I could never date an Esther. Esther. You know, you have to be aware of these things. Yeah, I mean, You're that's not going to be a character. My last name is Chester. So unless, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah or, or I just uh, marry someone who uh, does not take my name, obviously. Yeah, yeah that's your only relationship. The Esther Chester is rough. That's a, that's a bad one. Yeah. Amanda Costanza. Uh, I, I like it. Okay. I like it. It works. Once yeah. you, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Jason's like, oh, you know, I'm really surprised that Cheryl got the role. But Larry's like, you know, you know, we had an audition process and she was the best. So she got the job. <laughs> and Jason's like probing further. He's <laughs> like, well, who was the next best? And Larry just like plays dumb. Yeah. Uh, Even though we saw I, it, we know who it is. <laughs> yeah, so like what I don't get here is why does it like I don't know what why he's hiding the truth here. Like the truth here actually backs him up. There was an audition process. Yeah, she it didn't was, win it. Yeah. It was fair. She didn't she didn't initially get the role. She eventually got the role through a normal process with, right. with other people, you know. Instead, he's like, why doesn't he just say, Oh, Virginia Sloan was yeah. the next best or whatever? Like, I don't know why this like this it makes it more suspicious than it but actually this is. This is classic LD where he yeah, gets in yeah. a little bit of trouble and makes it worse by yeah, yeah usually to Cheryl in this case. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. the truth is fine here. Yeah. He got nervous or something and then he made it worse. Yeah. Yeah, and Jason's he does like, seem very guilty around it. So you start to think, wait a minute, is he there's something else going on? Right. Well, the real truth, it's not that like she got the part because of like her connection to Larry David. It's that the yeah. whole reunion itself was devised yeah. so that Larry could bring back. So it's like, in a way, it's like less of a lie, but it's a much bigger lie. Yes. It's, like, this whole thing was orchestrated just yes. to get him back together with Cheryl. Right. But like she did get the part legitimately. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. She got the she got she got the audition maybe through connection. Yeah. Fine, but she went in. She read for the part, she and they finished, thought she was the she second best. Second out of two, apparently. Fine. Okay. The, the, the she got whatever. She, now, can we was, talk for a second about the the Jason Larry relationship here? Um, you know, Jason. Yeah. Jason's about to borrow the pen, which is an obvious reference to. So you know, this whole season of Curb, in which there's a fictional episode of Seinfeld, is making references to the season of Seinfeld where there's a fictional episode of the show Jerry. And th- and this is an obvious reference to the, the character who plays Kramer on Jerry on Seinfeld, who his character right. is in constant conflict with George Costanza. And then there's an accusation from George to to the Kramer uh, actor about, you know, the barring the pen. So yeah. this is all intentional, right? Like, Av? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's even okay. goes so far yeah. as like and like this might be like maybe a bridge too far for these guys, because as we've seen, like it's often things are by accident, not on purpose. But like there was literally a, a story with the episode The Pen in Seinfeld yeah. that Jason Alexander was famously omitted from yes. and like almost threatened to quit the show if yes. they ever left him out of another episode. This is like public. He's spoken openly yeah. about yeah. this. No, I, I, and- I saw also in the moment that it did look like an already planned thing. Yeah, like it had to be. Like they're for sure referencing yeah. like this, like this, that episode of Seinfeld with the argument over the pen and like yeah. the argument that like Jason and Larry and Jerry yeah. must have had over it. And like, of course, we'll, also, we'll, you know, we'll later have Larry playing uh, George the same way that Kramer wants to play Kramer. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Oh correct. God, I had to think about. Yeah, the that. nomenclature gets very confusing. Does <laughs> yeah, it really does? And then there's Larry Charles. Yeah, we're talking about a show within a show in which there's a show within a show. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, and yeah. All right. So Larry's, uh, you know, yeah. he's continuing to make his rounds. And, he goes yeah. over to, ch- to chat with Michael. And Michael's like really not in a good mood because, as he explains, he just got a call from his doctor and he might have Groat's disease. Mm. Vicky, he- where is Dick Groat on your all time second baseman rankings? <laughs> Who? 
Dick Grote is a baseball player for whom we, we, uh, we theorized Grote's disease was named. Um, Grote's disease Wait. is a fictional disease. Not in the world of curb. Of, oh, of it's ro- they said Rhodes disease. They weren't Grote. saying like Crohn's. No, no, it's Groat. It's Groat. G R O A T. Yeah, it's made up. It's made up. Larry... I'm sure you looked it up. That's not a real thing. <laughs> it's not a real thing. It's, no. It was previously used in an earlier episode of of Curb the Thong. That's uh, so where, weird. Where Tesla. Larry is asked to, um, yeah, he's asked to like do a, go to a charity event for to raise money to help fight Groat's disease. Hmm. Um, so yeah, for some reason, Larry David thinks it's funny for there to be a, a yes. fake disease called Groats, Groats disease. Disease ca- causes young girls uh, to play the piano very ferociously. Yeah, they get very hyperactive. Yes. <laughs> what is happening? Um, wow, I love yeah. the brains. Yeah. So um, Larry is like, you know, don't worry, my friend, my accountant, uh, Danny Duberstein, he had Groats and he's completely fine now. Don't worry. <laughs> like, I'll, <laughs> I'll even have I'll, I'll even have Duberstein give you a call. He'll tell you. He'll make you feel better. Yeah. And, and Vicky's reaction is so perfect there because when you're watching this episode of Curb and you've seen it before, as soon as you hear Duberstein's name, that's your reaction because there's such excitement yeah. for what you know JB Smooth is about to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Larry's like looking around and like he sees out of the corner of his eye, standing over the buffet, none other than Mr. Marty Funkhauser filling up yeah. a plate of food. She's like, what the hell are you doing here, Marty? What's going on? He's like, oh, I came to support yeah. you today. You got to support Marty you. is always where he's never been invited to. Like, yeah. he just finds out he's kind of a bit of a stalker for Larry. I mean, yeah. Vicky, there... tell us what is like the security system on the set of a curb or a Seinfeld um, in real life that, that somebody can just get on set because they say they're friends with Larry David? Oh, no, you can't do that. You can't Damn do that. That, because... was, that was my plan. Yeah, like you oh. know, your name needs to be on a list. I assume. Your name, yeah, has to be on a list, and then they check your ID with the guard guy. Now, yeah, if you're it's... working somewhere like Gower in the '90s, you could do just about anything. But now, I think it'd be kind of impossible. But you must know a gazillion people, so you could get on any set. <laughs> yeah, I had written my doubts. How did he even get in? <laughs> yeah, how did he get in? I mean, yeah. Marty, yeah, Marty Falkhauser is just like walking onto the set. Uh, I think that I have a concern about the size of the security opening on the set. Yeah. Um, so Larry's like, no, it's not a social event. Jerry is going to be very upset if he sees you here. Like he's playing the Jerry card. I love, I love that. <laughs> like you don't want Jerry Seinfeld mad at you. He's a very big celebrity. Yeah. Like you, you're friends with me. I'm a, you know, I'm an idiot that you're friends with. I'm, I'm a schmuck. You want yeah. Jerry Seinfeld to be mad at you? Like, okay. So have we ever talked? So Marty Funkhauser on the show, right? Who's being played by, you know, Super Dave or Bob Super Einstein Dave. or, yeah. you know, uh, but what is the character Funkhauser? We know he goes to London for work sometimes. What does he actually do? I you think know? that's enigmatic on purpose, isn't yeah. it? He's clearly, he doesn't work in the yeah. industry though. His connection to the industry is like through Larry and Jeff, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's just this thing. Whenever you see him, yeah. you know it's going to annoy Larry. <laughs> and the way that, that Funkhauser talks and the way that Larry talks, I mean, it's just so funny. Yeah. I would yeah. say that given how Larry has treated uh, Funkhauser's departed family members, uh, he uh, he has a right to try and annoy Larry a little bit more to even the score. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got some yeah, yeah some more game there. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, Funk is like, fine. You know, if Jerry wants me to go, I'll go. Let's go ask Jerry. So Larry's like, fine, deal. Um, and so they head over to talk to Jerry Seinfeld, and you could be sure uh, this is one we're going to go to the tape for. <laughs> Um, this friend of mine showed up 
I didn't invite him. I just, he shouldn't be here. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But he's not supposed, you know, we don't let outsiders in for a wreath here. He's not <laughs> supposed to be here. He's a friend of yours, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, but yeah, I, so. I, I didn't invite him to the read throw, and we have a policy. Policy? <laughs> what kind of policy? Yeah, we have a policy. I never saw a policy. It's an unwritten policy. Oh, the unwritten policy. Yeah. I, I don't want to stand in the way. No, you no stand in the way. I oh, want you to stand in the I way. Couldn't. I couldn't. Do it. I, stand in the no, way. I would feel horrible. No, don't. <laughs> Jerry Marty Funk, how are you doing? How you doing? Good. Want to hear a joke? No, oh, he, no. he doesn't want no, to no, hear no. a joke. We have a read through. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Woman's very afraid of the size of her open. What is she afraid of? The size of her open. Then she goes to her mother. She says, "What am I going to do? I'm so big down there. When I marry Harry, he's going to divorce me." Her mother says, "Don't worry, sweetheart. It runs in the family. Do what I did when I married your father. Go to the market, get some raw liver, put it in there. He'll never know the difference." Oh my God! So she does. They have eight hours of sex after the Larry's marriage. Face. She wakes up at ten o'clock. He's gone, but there's a note on her pillow. It says, "My darling Harriet." To think that I waited a year to consummate our love relationship makes my heart beat so loudly. I'm surprised it didn't wake you up. The only reason I'm not here now, darling, is I'm at work to make enough money to buy you a house, a picket fence, we'll have dogs and children. Oh, this is not so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. Will you finish the fucking joke already? <laughs> when the five o'clock dinner bell rings, I will be home like the winged gossamer of your love in your arms, your loving husband. Oh, uh, that's nice. P.S. Your cunt is in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> you told your joke. Let's go. What is that? It surprised me. It surprised me. I had no idea it would be that revolting. Ladies and gentlemen, please hold the work. Let's take our places for the table read. Okay, let's sit at the table. Let's sit in the bleacher. Great meeting you. Yeah, nice meeting you too. Big fan. Thank you. Thank you. I like that guy. He's crazy. They're so disgusted. All right, I think when I saw this for the very first time, I had to pause my television for like an hour and try and uh, recalibrate. Piece, piece it together? Yeah. Right. Just the, the absurdity of the joke. We don't even need to go into like the, the, the logic of the joke and like the, the biology. I don't really understand a lot of how that's supposed to work. But I just- I guess like, here's Larry's my question. Like, Larry's reaction. Who, who wrote that joke? It's horrible on purpose. <laughs> But it's funny too. Like it's, but it's who wrote that? So I assume so I, that's Bob Einstein. Now I believe. I I believe. Okay. So, so what? I, what I read is that his card said, you know, uh, Marty wants to go meet Jerry. Larry introduces him. Marty tells Jerry a joke. Yes, and like oh, that's so just the joke that he decided hate. to tell. Oh and so they, Bob Einstein was actually on an episode of Comedians in Cars getting coffee, and they talk about when they were both on Curb together, and this apparently was the first take. Jerry, the actual Jerry Seinfeld had no idea what he was going to say, obviously, because Curb is improvised and he just knows right. he's going to hear a joke. And like that was like his actual reaction. Like he just like completely couldn't believe the punchline and like had to recover and said like, oh, I, like, I didn't expect it to be that revolting. And they just like left in the original take as just like the best possible way to get it. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty great. But what I, what yeah. I actually love watching the scene now again is like this scene, I think, is most famous, uh, you know, in the Curb community for the fact, like, as you said, off that, like, it's told it, it's the first it's the first reaction. It's the natural reaction of Jerry Seinfeld there. The acting of Larry David is incredible here because Larry David is also oh. hearing this joke <laughs> unexpectedly and has that complete straight pissed off. Get fuck out of your face the whole time, which is actually really incredible. It's really funny. 
Yeah, Lowry is really great in this scene. Like, you could tell it's like Funkhauser has a little bit of it's like, this is like a, like, before Larry David became a big deal friend. And right. it's like, he doesn't want, like, his, like, famous Hollywood friends mm -hmm. to, like, be, you know, see how uh, embarrassing his, like, old Larry friends are. It's like, right. and, like, it's, it's like the worst case scenario happens. Like, he lets Marty Funkhauser loose onto Jerry Seinfeld and he tells him the most vulgar joke anyone's <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, so um, ah, had, didn't uh, know you're gonna have so many synonyms for vagina in an episode of Curb. That's oh. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Relatively yeah. speaking, I feel pussy's the safer word to say between the two. Yeah, I Vicky, think you got off easy. I got yeah, yeah, I got off easy. Vagina. Yeah, I feel Bob Einstein was on the set. He's like, somebody's saying pussy in this episode. All right, I know a joke I'm telling. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so Cheryl comes over to tell Larry that she's very nervous, but, you know, Larry makes her feel better. And we introduce the script. Everyone's very excited. The table read begins and we're introduced to some of the very basic beats of what the reunion episode is going to be about. Um, you know, with the etiquette of blowing your nose in a cloth napkin, Madoff, the eye toilet, yada, yada, yada. We get glimpses of cameo appearances from both Estelle Harris as George's mom and Stephen Heitner as Banya. Um, we, we get also get a little glimpse of Todd Stashwick. We remember back from, uh, the, uh, season premiere of the, of the reunion, um, when he's, you know, he's the NBC executive. He's like sitting over there with Jeff. Uh, he's also having a good time. It's, uh, looks like everything is working out. And all Larry though is focused on is that Jason has his pen in his mouth, right. his pen in his ear. He's got his pen in his shirt and the party breaks up and Jeff is like really excited uh, Jerry's like, hey, come back to the office. There's some uh, spots I have to fix up. And Jason comes over and he's like, this was amazing. Like, I'm so excited about this script. Like, it's going to be great. Everyone's loving it. And Larry, and, you know, and here's your pen back, by the way. And Larry's like, you know what? Keep the pen. Keep yeah. the pen. I don't want it anymore. I saw it in every orifice of his body. <laughs> um, except, I guess, fine. Not your ass. Um, I would say this pen has been flagged, right? So Jason's like, all right, fine. What do you want me to do? I'll make it right. And Larry's like, why don't you get me a new pen? And Jason says, fine, fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like they could just drop the whole pen, but you know, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Yeah. Now, why did, what, what was Jerry Stiller, Stiller unavailable that we get Estelle, but not Frank Costanza? Wait, um, say that again? What do you mean? In that moment? No, in the read through. Oh. Right. We, we, we got, we got Estelle Harris there as Estelle Costanza. Right. But uh, Frank is not there. Uh, you know, obviously, Jerry must be uh, Jerry Stiller must be aware of Curb. Uh, you know, his son obviously was was on season four of Curb. Right. Um, but but he, he, he doesn't come back for this episode. I hope in the world of Seinfeld, well, that, was uh, it that Frank he is was, doing OK. I, was it that he wasn't feeling well, though? I have, yeah, I don't know. You talking about Ann Mira's husband? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Jerry. Yeah. Jerry Stiller, who plays. Yeah. yeah, yeah who, play, who plays. Yeah, yeah. Who plays George's dad. Yeah on the show yeah so his, his I wife think on he the show passed away i don't know when maybe he was ill i don't know maybe he was busy or doing something yeah he was alive in 2009 so yeah but yeah, he died last year he died in 2020 yeah, exactly yeah well so then it couldn't have been that yeah. maybe he just didn't want to do it mm. or you know i it's possible <laughs> they didn't put too much thought into which like random right, right. they were going to show for two right. seconds it was like whoever was around that happened to be on the set okay. like you know a lot that day they're like oh hey come be in the reunion so that's yeah. almost like we talked about last week uh, on last week's episode ben affleck who makes a very very quick cameo on the episode and we found out that ben affleck has actually discussed this before right off 
Um, oh, was I, I thought you were going to read that. Oh, I can read that. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We got uh, somebody pointed us on Twitter this week. We, we, we were wondering in um, la- I don't know, Vicky, if you are uh, familiar with last week's episode. Um, there's a point where Larry's in a, uh, in a banana republic, I think. And right. the fire alarm goes off and like they tell everyone to go outside. And like as everyone's going outside, you see one of the customers that's like randomly walking out is Ben Affleck. And we were really? like, you see yeah, him on screen like, for one second. He says nothing. He doesn't even look at the yeah, camera. He's just like, he's basically an extra. Yeah. And we like, in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, so that's, that's exactly that's, what that's, happened. That's what it was. But the debate that Av and I were having is we keep track uh, on the show of two clubs. We call um, we call the first club the Ted dancing club. And that's people who come on curb and play themselves. Right. The way that Ted dancing does. Um, and are, are and those are people who are more famous than right. Ted Danson was when or similar or as famous or yes, similar yes. In, the, in the ballpark of yes. Ted. Danson. And then we have the opposite extreme. We have the Richard Lewis Club, which is people who come on and play themselves but are less famous than Richard Lewis. And then, right. have, and then we have a third category, which are the most famous people to come on the show but play a character not themselves. So Dustin Hoffman, right. for example, who yeah, plays, yeah. And so our question, Ricky Lewis, is, yes, is Ben Affleck playing? himself in the store or is Ben Affleck playing an unnamed character probably named Ben because everyone has the first name first names on the show uh, who just happens to be shopping but is not the famous actor so we got some information which is Ben Affleck was being interviewed on MTV he said he was driving around and saw they were shooting something he rolled out his window and asked what they were shooting he found out they were shooting curb Larry David said just run out of the store so (laughs) Affleck comes into the store in real life, Ben Affleck then rushes out of the store because his car was parked in a red zone and he didn't want to get a ticket. <sighs> I so, that's amazing. Ben Affleck is running out, not because of the fire alarm, but because he doesn't want to get a, a $50 a ticket. parking ticket. Yeah. Brilliant. And so we conclude, Av and I, I think we discussed this offline, that Ben Affleck is playing himself, the actor Ben Affleck, who just happens I to stop so. at the same place. Yeah, he's himself. Yeah. He's yes. not a character. Yes. There's no way he's a character. So that means uh, uh, Ben Affleck, welcome to the Ted Danson Club. Yep. Yes. Yes, I believe yeah. so. The, the do they 50, acknowledge the each member. other? Does Gary? No, does, nothing. Uh... Nothing. Oh. It, it, it goes by so quickly that I assume, you know, pre-internet, 90%. Like when we watch this live, I'm sure at most people are like, wait, what did I just see? But yeah, nobody really, uh, yeah. it's not even a thing you would pick up. But now you can huh. freeze and pause and study. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, before we jump to the scene, um, Vicky, do you have a, like a specific time you need to stop? Oh. I, no, wanna... I have no life. Uh, no. Okay. All right, so we can, we, you know, we, I don't have to, like, rush stuff until, like, an 11. No, hour. don't rush. Yeah. It's all okay. good. All right, just want to make sure, want to be respectful of your time. Okay, you great. totally are. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Um, okay, so we head over for some lunch at Larm Restaurant, uh, Larry and Jeff, and the maitre d' greets Larry very warmly, and he tells him, you know, I'm giving you the best waiter and the best table, and, and we see that, like, they did, like, a little, you know, uh, greasing with, uh, you know, their hands meet for a second, and Jeff is he's like, what's going on here? Like, what's, what's with the special treatment? And Larry explains, oh, you know, I give him a 20 every time, and, you know, he hooks me up with, a good, with good service. Right. Um, now, Larry yeah, used to I complain mean, to Cheryl that he didn't know how to do this. Yeah. But all of a sudden, yeah. he does it very smoothly. Yeah. Maybe if he was um, so smooth, he would have kept Cheryl. I would say like yeah. $20 is way too little for like this to be like that effective at what seems yeah. like a very fancy <laughs> Like, oh, 20 bucks? Sure. I'm like, I'll pay 20 bucks to like get the best table in the restaurant and amazing service. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, like lunch is probably going to cost them 200 bucks there. Like, yeah. So plus 20. Great. Yeah. Um, and but uh, Larry- you're also getting it at the newsstand. <laughs> right. It right. adds up more quickly. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, fair. Um, so yeah, so Larry has a text and it's like, it's Stacy's daughter. And she's like, what, Emma? Um, and she wants to know, did you have fun at the table read? And Larry's like, okay, this is weird. Uh, yeah, the table, the table read went great. Um, so meanwhile, like Larry's like telling Jeff, by the way, you know, Michael's really worried about Groat's disease. And like, I want to put him in touch with Duberstein um, so you can make Michael feel better. Like, can you like, you know, can you get Duberstein for me? And he's like, no, like no one could call him Duberstein. Duberstein's dead. He died from Groat's disease. The very disease that Larry downplayed is no big deal. Um, so yeah, so now, um, yeah, this plan is not going so well with the whole <laughs> Duberstein. Like, why, why did he make up this Duberstein lie? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's the next day or later that day we're in, in the office and Jerry and Larry are going over some of the jokes from the episode. Did they work? Did they not work? And like, Larry has no idea. He's completely not helpful. Um, Jerry is like, why? Like, what's going on? Well, your head's not in the game. And he's like, well, I was very distracted because the entire time Jason had his pen all over his body. And Jerry is <laughs> It's revolting, but like, honestly, that's your fault for loaning anything to Jason, especially something that could be inserted. <laughs> um just that 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 you, um, you really put your mind to it i feel like anything can be inserted that yeah. logic yeah that's true uh, that logic reminded me of we went to we were in scottsdale i believe and we visited the um frank lloyd wright museum and they said that like frank lloyd wright spent his entire life borrowing money from people and then just like not paying them back yeah. like he, he would just like lose all his money borrow money again from people and like his philosophy was that if you were dumb enough to lend him money you deserve to not get paid back so it's like, like he was on, Ali, by the way <laughs> he on principle doesn't pay didn't people pay people back he would just keep borrowing money from people and not pay them wow. that's how is that not more well known that aspect of his uh i, I did not know that that's what they told us in the museum it's possible the person in the museum was lying i never fact checked it so yeah maybe, like, you know, job for the day. maybe it's somebody who just despises frank lloyd Wright and decided yeah. to dedicate their career to working in his museum as a way to disseminate lies about maybe him he's just jealous. Yeah, yeah they also said <laughs> that he would there were two types of frank lloyd wright's houses and there was ones that he designed and then there was ones that had his signature on the front the ones that had a signature on the front were the ones where you didn't change even a single thing from like his plan. Wow. If you, if you right. changed anything like, oh, we want that light over there. No signature. Mm. It's not my thing. You, you changed right. it. So, um, yeah, he wow. was an interesting kind of guy, but he was uh, very successful. So sometimes that's what it takes, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's your fault for lending him the pen. Um, and Jerry's like, I like to keep my pens in Barbicide. Uh, you know the blue liquid that they use in barber shops, and you know I never really knew what barbicide is. And Larry's like, "Oh, that's the thing that they use to kill themselves with." And Jerry's like, "Yeah, you know they can't tell take being a barber anymore, so they just drink all that blue liquid, and that's it. They commit barbicide." So random. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, barbicide's a funny word. Yeah, it is. So is it killing? I, I would have thought that it's not necessarily killing a barber. It's when a barber like kills someone with scissors. I would call that barbicide. Then they don't get an infection, even though they killed them. But does, right. doesn't the what usually when you have, usually when you have the the prefix to the suffix side, it refers to the victim, not the assailant, right? Yeah, I guess. Like fratricide, right. Wait, homicide, suicide. So barbicide should be the killing of a barber. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think, but I think my way is more interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it only Barbasol? Like, if, if, like, I feel like he has to be the killing of a barber, like, in a barber shop. Like, if a barber gets killed, just yeah. like, it's, yeah. So then it's he, like, it's not a supermarket. That's not Barbasol. Yeah. 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 Like, bar in like, barbering tools need to be involved, I think, in some way. Like, the, <laughs> like, like the fact that he, hands. Yeah. 
Yes, like the barber yeah. needs to be relevant to his murder for it to be a barbicide. Um, or so you, you could just, you could say, you could make a comparison to Sweeney Todd the musical. Well, I just went, it went. Oh, I haven't seen that. Really That's what I, no. You haven't I, seen Sweeney Todd? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's on my list. I have a long list. I have on a list of movies list. I've seen, and then I have a longer list of movies. It was on the in Broadway in the eighties, and you. Didn't oh no, the movie, the movie. No, I wouldn't have seen oh, it don't, in, don't in Broadway in eighties. Oh, but you get the um, the character of the barber kills people. Yeah. That's what he does. They have this yeah. whole plan, and then he yeah, goes the, the and then the something of something street, right? The demon of it's like there's a subtitle. Demon of Fleet Street. Yes. The Fleet Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, no, so I'm not going to probably transport to the 1980s and see it on Broadway. <laughs> um, I would consider seeing the movie. It's on my list in theory, but I have a very long list, so it's uh, get in line. Yeah, I wouldn't time. put that at the top. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. All right, you're going to the middle of the list. Oh. Um, so yeah, so meanwhile, Larry gets another text from Emma, and now he's like really starting to get a little annoyed. And like, is this ever going to end? Jerry's like, no, it will not. That's why I don't have one of those things. Once you have the doors open, somebody knocks on your door. You have to answer it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that it wasn't too long before Jerry Seinfeld was carrying a smartphone like every other person on Earth. But yeah, yeah there was this like in between time where in theory people could be like, oh, I don't need one of those things. Yeah, like there was like yeah. eighteen months there. We're highly addicted to these devices at this point. Oh yeah, it's very bad. You may I just like say like throw the towel and just like dive right in. Yeah, I don't judge myself anymore. I look at the time when they give me like this is how long you've been on your phone today nine hours and seventy three <laughs> minutes. I'm like great, winning. That's <laughs> I just listened to a Fran Leibowitz interview and she still insists that she doesn't have so much as a typewriter. I know. I think I saw that same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about. So Larry says he doesn't know how to end it with uh, Emma here. Right. I guess maybe because he's a little bit of a neophyte in the texting game, but like you just stop responding. That's how you end these things. Right. The immediate response every time is probably not going to uh, to uh, slow down the pace of it. On the yeah, passive aggressive is not Larry's uh, expertise. Yes, that's true. Well, he's very uh, aggressive aggressive. Yeah. I'm surprised he had trouble maneuvering that, I guess, because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. Well, he's afraid of you because you seem to like have real control on this set. I, I know our, listen to our history, I felt like we went back way further than any table read episode could include, right? There seemed like there was a history there of a like a, a something that happened between us and then we're now comfortable enough that I can be contentious with him and he's fine with it. Like, because the average human doesn't get away with that with him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think. <laughs> you know, like, oh, like you're, <laughs> yeah, I gave your phone number, I gave your phone number to my daughter so she can harass you during your yeah. birthday. Like, no, that's yeah. not, like, even if like he's not Larry David, like, that would be like yeah. a weird thing for like any two adults to do. Yeah, it's really dysfunctional. Yeah. Yeah. So Stacy is going to head back in. And let's uh, cue that up. Oh, hi, Jerry. Listen, I really think we're going to need a fourth camera for the exteriors. Is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Thank you. Okay. I'll get right on it. You know, uh, Emma's been texting me. I know. She's so cute. I know. It's <laughs> so cute. cute. Yeah. How'd that happen? Is that her idea? Your yeah, idea? Yeah, it was her idea. I mean, yeah. And then you guys met at the table, read, and so I gave her your number. You and... gave her the number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, if you, like, 
can relate to a grown-up yeah. is like a it's really such exciting. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. It is cute. Someone to communicate with. <laughs> maybe you should give it to Jerry's. Oh, maybe if she meets Jerry, but she really bonded with you. Yeah, so. she seems to respond to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just takes a second. Cool. All right. All right. How's her, uh, how's her pussy, by the way? Uh, it's good, actually. <laughs> it's not as itchy. So, thank you for asking. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get on the camera thing. All right. <laughs> um, we cut the restaurant scene. <laughs> Made me laugh. Oh, oh my God. So there's so much going for in that scene. Like, the whole, like, little back and forth. Like, like Jerry and Larry just, like, playing their own game, yeah. like, around yeah. Vicky is, like, so funny. Like, Jerry's just, like, completely egging it on. Like, yeah. throw, totally throw, throwing Larry under the bus. Yeah. Um, maybe give her maybe give her Jerry's phone number. And I don't think, because I went to leave, and I don't think I knew he was going to ask me about the pussy again. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure I thought that he was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that Jer- Jerry's reaction there at the end is just yeah. priceless. It's so good. It's a, I, yeah. it's almost like you know Larry comes up with a way to 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 beat Jerry in his argument. Yeah, you know because they're yeah. sort of having this dispute, and he's like, "Wow, I'm going to turn it around on him here." But I don't even think he does because I think that that Larry thinks that as you said, of he's gotten the permission from Emma's mother and so now this is totally acceptable because he'll say it at the end of the episode you know yeah. to, the, to the doctor much yeah this is just what he calls it now in yeah, this, this he is now a just... normal way of speaking yeah yeah so I think this also taps into like something we've like said I've said about Larry I think I think you agree that like sometimes it's like it's Larry David sees somebody out in the world doing like a Larry David thing like that like eats away at him so like that he sees that like Stacy right. just like walking around saying pussy <laughs> it, at work and he's like why am I not doing that like why is she allowed to do that like I get in trouble when i say things like what's yeah. going on here and he's just like now i'm doing it too hmm. like yeah. he just it, he, he doesn't begrudge somebody else out there being able to like violate a social norm and get away with it when yeah. like he wouldn't get away with it yeah that's right yeah yeah immediately they take ownership of it well yeah so we're back to the table read and you know we'll get a few more storylines um jerry potentially the father of Elaine's child. Uh, we dip into the Monina Carpool Lane storyline that um, we had back in the Carpool Lane episode of Curb. And of course, we get a nice little, for old time's sake, hello, Newman, hello, Jerry exchange between Jerry and Wayne Knight, during which Jerry completely breaks, um, mm-hmm. as he was uh, known to do on the set in real life, I believe, all the time. And it also, this scene is just an excuse to get uh, New- Newman in there because Newman yeah, comes wondered- to, tell, okay. to tell Jerry that George's app once didn't work for him, right? Yeah. Like, why is he? Yeah. Why is this a conversation that needs to happen? Because <laughs> he's an iconic character. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That like that. that right, I'm time, sure. I knew that that Banya was in it, but I thought he was the soup Nazi. It's mm. so terrible. Oh, okay. So, we played another, you know, iconic character. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can we talk about this? The girl who uh, playing Monina, a lot more stayed than the actual Monina was. Wait, what? I'm lost. So in the, in the episode, um, Kramer, in the Seinfeld episode that we were watching, Kramer has Monina, this prostitute, come to sit in the carpool right. lane so he can get to the game faster, right. which is a thing that Larry did for real in Curb, but the, right. and w- with a prostitute whose name was Monina, but she was much more flamboyant. Now, I guess this is just a walkthrough, and maybe Monina's not in a, in a costume yet. You're talking about but, the gorgeous uh, girl, with the, but she was kind of low-key? 
Yeah, she's yeah. very Loki in, in yeah. Seinfeld. Whereas in, in, com- in comparison yeah. to the current episode, it was right. this character played by Kim Whitley that was just like a huge, like larger than life, like digging for diamonds. Presence. Yeah, like right. yeah. so it's like it's uh, obviously doesn't necessarily uh, you know line up character wise, but you know the storyline I think is more what they're going for. And it's yeah. like I think funny that it's like even the Kramer storylines here are really are still Larry's. Larry's Larry story. It's like the whole show. It's like not even just George is Larry. Like they're all Larry. Yeah, right. it was a and Jer- Jerry has like very little uh, influence. It seems. I mean, but this is also a Larry David show describing Seinfeld. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I also I hate to say it, but like the and but this is true about, you know, a lot of uh, of, I think, later season of Seinfeld also where you can tell sort of that the characters, even though they're from New York, that they have spent a lot of time in L.A. The carpool lane concept doesn't really work in New York. Right. Like, oh, yeah. We'll take the yeah, subway there's... to Yankee Stadium. I don't know how no, many I mean, people, there, nobody from the Upper West Side is driving to Yankee no. Stadium. There's carpool lane to go over the George Washington Bridge. Yeah, Wait, but, sorry, I don't mean so hold speak. on. So do you think that Kramer is going to a Giants game or a Jets game? It's possible. I don't know. I mean, yeah, ball sure game usually means baseball, but. Yeah, right. if, if he's staying strictly in Manhattan, there's no carpool line. But if he leaves Manhattan, goes out into to the know, Bronx, Brooklyn, stadium. Brooklyn to the Bronx, to mm. Jersey, to Long Island, there are many instances of carpool lanes. So mm. there's many scenarios. You know, he's going to he's going to a Mets game. There could be a carpool lane. Mm. So, yeah, yeah but yeah. I think Kramer. Well, do we know? We know Jerry's a Mets fan, of course. Jerry's a Mets fan. Yeah. yeah. You know, George obviously has his uh, ties to the, Yankees. to the Yankees. Yeah. Elaine, of course, is a Baltimore Orioles fan. Yes, of course. Uh, Kramer, you know, presumably is unaffiliated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. His friend Bob Sacramento yeah. was once on the double A team of the Milwaukee. Whoever, he, whoever he became best friends with when he went to the uh, Yankee fantasy camp. Well, that was like, yeah. He, oh, he does go to the Yankee fantasy camp. Yeah. So he's a Yankees fan. Yeah. 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 But his whole life is a fantasy. Yes. Someone should punk yeah. down $2,000 so the um, he does. Yeah, so speaking of Kramer, uh, Michael wants to know if Larry called the Duberstein's and Larry lies and says, yeah, I left him a message. I'm waiting for him to call back. But Michael is just like really anxious. You know, the doctor told me that I'm supposed to stand by to see if the symptoms kick in. Like, I'm supposed to go stand in front of the camera with symptoms? Like, how's that going to work? <laughs> and... Cheryl, uh, Cheryl comes over and she says, you know, I'm having trouble finding the tone and the cadence of, well, you know, how I'm supposed to talk here. And Larry, and Larry's like, don't worry about how they talk. Just like be yourself. It's fine. You're playing you, uh, which I feel like that's good advice. Like, don't try to be like Seinfeld. Um, you know, don't feel the Seinfeldian pressure, he said. Um, Vicky, I was wondering, is that something that you could speak to? Was like that a specific thing where it was like, not only was it that, you know, Seinfeld is obviously this like very big hit show, but like, was there this like extra pressure, like in, I guess, maybe like in the comedy community or actors, you know, growing up, you know, you know, in their careers around that time of like specifically Seinfeld as like this extra level gig to get? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was young and I knew. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what it was. Um, that was my second show. So yeah, I, I, of course, I think so. I mean, it's it was like in news radio. Not to bring that up, and we're talking about Curb, but no, it, we can talk about whatever. Yeah. It's like it. It had this cult, cult following, um, but then it became you know because it was Warren. Littlefield, I call him more in tiny backyard, but you know, he, he was running that networking and I think he put them on a Thursday slot and he kept them there and they had a chance to become a hit, you know? Um, and that just that and the critical success and that their peers loved what they were doing made that show a really high bar for people to want to be on. Yeah. I mean, by the time you're on the show, season six, it's literally num- the number one rated yeah, show on absolutely. TV. So like yeah. it's not yet. Yeah, it's, you know, far beyond being this like, you know, inside baseball thing of Seinfeld. But um, yeah, it's still just like 
that you know, I, I thought that was just really interesting to that they raised that that concept of the Seinfeldian pressure, which I'm sure was probably like. No, I mean, I felt it. You know, yeah. I was intimidated by all the characters because I had watched them on television for so many years, but I'd never seen them in person, so I didn't know how to engage with them. They were all very sweet, you know, but um. And you were yeah. you were on news radio after Seinfeld, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like your your IMDb page is like super interesting. It's like you're in a lot of you're on like a bunch of TV, you know, stretching over like a ten year period where you're like an episode, two episodes, and then you're on two episodes of Seinfeld in 1995, and then like later that year or the next year, your premiere as Beth on news radio where you have a 94 episode run. Yeah. So that's I incredible. I just actually had I had a news radio conversation with somebody today. Um, we, cause we were talking about like the cast of that show is really like such an incredible cast and like the, the core, whatever, seven or eight of you that were on there. And I, I mean, are still, I mean, like Steven Root now still is like doing like incredible things. Joe Rogan has oh, like yeah. the biggest podcast in the universe. It's just like, yeah. so in, I mean, obviously, you know, Phil Hartman, who knows, you know, what, what amazing things he might've been up to, but just, yeah. it really is such a, such an incredible show. Um, like such, such an incredible cast. Like there were so many of these shows. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, let me ask you a question, Av. Did you identify with a network when you were a kid, sort of the way like you identify with like a sports team? I mean, not as not as a sports team. Like I well, didn't not I was, to the like, same level, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like I certainly like watched a ton of NBC shows more than any other network. But I but felt like, like NBC was my team. Like I, I okay, felt I like watch. NBC was my team once Seinfeld came on and then I started doing news radio. Well, you were actually employed. You were, yeah, you were, well, you were employed then, by the team. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved that team. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was a great team. Yeah. He, yeah. This is Paul O'Neill telling me that they felt like they remember the Yankees. Like, no, I understand that. But like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm right. saying I, just I as a viewer. Yeah, as a viewer, I, I would think I was pretty indifferent to what channel the show was on. Oh, no, on. I like, was very much was like, like, I mean, I, I was I watched The Simpsons on Fox. But other than that, I basically right. exclusively watched shows on NBC. And if there was a sitcom on ABC or CBS, I would sort of look at it like with disdain. I'm like, well, if you were funny. Enough, no, I, I did that a bit. And then, you know, they did such a smart thing with Seinfeld. And then when we came along, you know, we became a satellite show. So you could always find us at Tuesdays on NBC until you couldn't because we were going to try to give an audience to another new show. And they just dinged with it so much that um, I know it made Paul Sims, you know, furious. But, um, yeah, they should have left it in one, in one place. But that's when they started to doubt themselves. Remember, like they had that big run. Are you guys frozen and I'm not? No, oh, yeah. no, no. They have that We're big, We're listening, that yeah. big, you know, the more you know, and, you know, right. NBC and all of that. And then you, know, you can't hold yeah. that forever. But yeah, it started to kind of have some cracks in the armor. Yeah, I mean, and then like the whole cable thing happened and streaming. Well, and, that's like, a whole other. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it was it was uh, it wasn't long for this world either way. No, it wasn't. You know, and people talk about like they're doing redos of like, you know, all these shows that were hits on NBC in the thirties. I mean, in the thirties, um, in the nineties. And, you know, I'm, it makes me even more sad that Phil Hartman isn't here because maybe we could have had a shot at that, you know, it would have been such a great feeling to get everyone back together. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that took a sad turn all of a sudden. Oh, well, I, <laughs> excuse me. I just yeah. need a moment alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, Jason uh comes down to over also as well, and um, he gives Larry 
you know, he's like, here's my, here's a new pen. And I was like, well, no, what is this? Like, this is not the same pen that I owe you. Like, this, this is not replacing the pen. You just like gave me some other pen. Like the saying is an eye for an eye, not an eye for a lesser eye or an eye that doesn't see as well. And Jason's like, no, no, using your metaphor, they both see exactly the same, i.e. they both write in blue ink. Same eye, this is your pen. Um, so much thinking to minutia. Yeah, Vicky, whose team are you on? Your team, J- your team Jason here or team Larry? Who's right about that? Larry, pen? Larry. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, I don't think there's Jason, a team Jason. Well, so, like, Jason's argument is, like, it's, it, like it, it's obviously ridiculous, like, oh, this is blue, this is blue. Like, that's not the same pen. But, no. like... But like also Larry, the fact that he put it in his mouth. Yeah, Jason's meta argument is you're worth four hundred million dollars. Who gives a shit about a pen? Right. <laughs> but but everybody that knows Larry yeah, knows I, he has like a germ thing. Yeah, but I'm definitely on Team Larry here. By the letter of the law, you know, Jason is making a broader point about Larry's personality, and that may or may not yeah. be so. But in this specific context, you know, you own uh, you own the pen that uh, you uh, chewed. Well, on you, but I would say like it's a pen. So like you owe him a pen of like similar caliber. Like you don't owe similar him like the caliber, exact pen. Yeah, really but if it's a if it's a, if it's a twenty dollar pen, you can't give him a bick. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should get it like a, a similar pen. Like you don't yeah. have to go like hunt down the yes. you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, I know. I thought I know Chester was angry at me for many years. I thought maybe it was because I didn't replace a pen properly. So mm, yes. I'm glad we uh, we can. Uh, <laughs> I think I feel like Jason just went over on the set and grabbed another crappy pen. That's what I feel. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, what they don't acknowledge is sort of the aspect of like, oh, what do you like if you uh, insult a waiter? They're going to spit in your food. Like, I'm assuming that pen number two has been in every orifice on Jason's body, including the. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Including the anus. Especially, (laughs) especially the anus. Including the anus. Yes. I hope he doesn't have a rash on his anus now. <laughs> um, all right. No, so, I do, uh, we, we discussed earlier that, that Emma must have been friends with Sammy, right? Because she was at Sammy's bat mitzvah. Well, she was, she was not, she wasn't there because she was uncredited. Yeah. So. yeah she, we don't know that for sure. Well, right, so it's, I, not, it's not canon. It's not canon. Well, that's what I'm accepting as the working assumption. But if this is the case, right. that means that Emma has met Larry once before. And the first thing she learned about him is that he allegedly put a gerbil in his anus. All right, so you know maybe that's why um, she feels so comfortable you know, Emma, sharing about the state of Emma. Emma came home right. Emma came from the Bible. Yeah. when she's like, "You believe it?" Like Larry David told a crazy story about a gerbil in his ass. Yeah, and like so, Stacy's like, "Okay, yeah, Larry's. I can like talk about my wonder friend, Larry. Like Larry's vulgar." <laughs> you hear that? You, you hear an adult I shares think... that story about mitzvah, and you say, "This is a person I want, an adult man. I want my my twelve year old daughter to befriend." Only the people in the cast of Curb. But I do say I'd like to introduce you to my daughter, Emma. She's been dying to meet you. So I don't feel like they uh, met. So, they, so maybe they didn't meet, but like she was, they were both at the bat mitzvah. And Larry yeah, makes yeah. a big toast that, that was very memorable. Yeah. So like she came home and was talking about Larry David, yeah. even though they technically haven't met. Well, she just saw him make an ass out of himself. Yeah. Emma's, uncredited. Emma's uncredited because she gets so intimidated by Larry David at the bat mitzvah that she runs away because he's a yeah. hero. There you go. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, and she okay, says, so, yeah. comes home, she says, Mom, you got to get a job with Larry David somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Larry is going to head over to rendezvous with uh, Leon at the newsstand uh, to see if he can uh, come up with an idea for the whole uh, Kramer, Groats, Duberstein uh, love triangle. But before we get to that, uh, I, want, I have one other question for you guys. Um, yeah. Is Cheryl David on curb becoming to Jason Alexander? what Heidi Swedberg was to Jason Alexander in real life on Seinfeld. I don't, sorry, remind me who Heidi. So Heidi Swedberg is the one who plays Susan. 
Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. And, and a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And according to, you know, what we've read, uh, the cast was not, or Jason in particular did not enjoy acting with her. And that sort of was part of what explained her, uh, her rapid demise. demise on the show. Right. And Jason seems to be having a real animosity to his, uh, to his partner, the actress playing his partner in Curb with Cheryl. And I wonder if that's intentional at all, or if I'm just reading into that. Well, I'll certainly point to the fact that for both of them, the, uh, the ask of a prenup comes up. Yes. It, uh, both. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Both Susan and Amanda, both. Uh, well, I think Amanda demands a prenup. Mm-hmm. Jason, like he suggests a prenup, right? George suggests a prenup, yes, right? And she laughs. She's like, because, yeah. she's like, fine, I'll sign a prenup. Yeah. You have no money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this uh, this would be the second time that Jason, uh, excuse me, that George marries into money. Yeah. Because he almost um, marries into Susan's and uh, both, many, many, uh, many, many monies. And yeah. both bl- both blonde, right? I would say. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so George has a, he has a type. Yes. And uh, Susan and both of them have a dalliance with another woman, right? Susan has a lesbian stage. And Cheryl right. allegedly took place, uh, took part in a threesome last right. week. Right, just last yeah. week. She, uh, yeah. P- yeah, potentially was in a menage a trois. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, but the sexuality with, of George Costanza brings him back to the other team. As, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so yeah, so we're going to head over to the newsstand. Larry and Leon uh, plotting Thick as Thieves. Now, hold on. Oh, one more thing. Before, as we <laughs> okay. go into this scene, <laughs> Leon originally promised, Larry, excuse me, originally promised Michael that he would have Danny Duberstein call him. Yeah, I was I was wondering. Oh, yeah, this, they yeah. elevate this to an in-person meeting just to make the like the degree of difficulty higher. Yes, but obviously yeah, we're, we're, we're all. Yeah. yeah, obviously I'm here for all of this. Well, of course. Yes, I want to see uh, D- Danny Duberstein, uh, JB Smooth. Yeah. Uh, OK, so, yeah. Can we, uh, Chester, can we yes. head over to the newsstand, please? Let's go to the, uh, please, <laughs> to the newsstand. All right. Newsstand. Larry, Leon, let's do it. Well, I screwed the whole thing up. Michael thinks that Duberstein beat Groats and he's expecting to meet him and Duberstein's dead. And I was thinking. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what the fuck are you thinking about? Well, I had an insane idea that you could present yourself as Duberstein somehow and, you know, get just meet him for two minutes. And I'd be there, too, so you, you won't even have to talk. <laughs> you think I can't do this shit? Huh? I'll wipe that shit up. I'll wipe that whole shit up. Tell that whole fucking scene you wipe the fuck up. Seriously? Yeah, you seen a fucking black dude who acts fucking white, yeah, hang around you too can many do that? fucking white you people can be that shit. guy? I'll do this shit later. Let me hear it. I'm all up in that bitch. Hey, how you, why are you doing today? I'm Danny Duberstein. I heard you have groceries. <laughs> See that thing? But what about the name? Duberstein. It's a Jewish name. Fucking tell him I'm an Ethiopian Jew. You know what? You can tell him you were adopted by, by the, the Jewish family, the Duberstein. Well, fucking adopted you, by... You got bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah and all that shit. Yeah. Say that again? Bar mitzvah. It's not bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Fud. Bar mitzvah. If we're going to do this, then you better learn how to pronounce this. That's what he's bar mad I did a little, uh, I did a little digging on uh, the interwebs, and I think I did um, track down some bar mitzvah, bar misfits. I love that the whole scene and JB Smooth is oh, just happy to do the white guy thing and lie for him, and and then Larry just gets mad because he says bar mitzvah wrong, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just like so. Right, so- like Mike, like Michael Richards is gonna know the difference. Oh, right. misfit bars. Oh. I see bar misfits. Oh, <laughs> you could you could buy it. <laughs> Vegan protein bar mitzvahs. You can buy them on Amazon. They're low sugar, they're dairy, and gluten free. Um, I'm actually on a diet where I, could, I might actually be able to eat this right now. Mm. Now, Av, oh, you're based in uh, New York, New York. Why is the price on this item in pounds? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just. How are I, you I, on I, the British? 
<laughs> I bought British Amazon. Amazon. Listen, you want to get bar misfits? That's where you got to go. <laughs> some people do a lot of that. Some people go to Brooklyn. Some people go to Israel. Yeah. Some people go to London. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that you swimming or no? No, that is Microsoft that default picture. Oh yeah, no, yeah. not very me. shapely legs. Off. Off does have yeah. shapely legs, but. Thanks for the info. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, um, I, li- I like that line before Larry even like, like I was like, so I was wondering, and Leon's like, fucking say it, I'm in. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just like, he's just like down. Like he he's doesn't come with guys. Like whatever, yeah, whatever it is, you're gonna say I'm down for. It sounds yeah. like this is one of those Larry ideas where the, like, I always have a good time. Right. Larry David um, on Curb either has a million friends who we see once and never see again, or when he desperately needs somebody, it's, it's only Jeff or Leon in the scenario. Yeah. See anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he he doesn't know anybody who could have like better pulled yeah. off being like an old Jewish guy than Leon. Yeah. Like well, Leon was his number time, one. He's got several people actually pissed at him and not talking. That's true. To him. Yeah. Factor yeah that that's in. true. Right. Who's available like, for the favors? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But like, I, I suspect that there's like a lot of people who could play old Jewish man in Larry David's life. <laughs> oh yeah, I would think so. Bunkhauser, for one. Yeah, yeah, but he's already identified himself. By his <laughs> right. name. He's, already he's already been outed. Yeah, and he wasn't in it. all over the street. Um. So yeah. So you guys another. Has picture. Albert Brooks ever been on Curb? No. Huh, funny, because so. isn't yeah. he the brother? Yeah, he's his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He, you were with him in uh, the Nemo's, right? Wasn't he in Nemo too? With I him? did Nemo with him, but I did my very first movie with him. Uh, called I'll do anything oh cool all right so you guys go way back yeah he used to turn the sound off in the trailers the movie trailers we would sit around a lot and he would they had QVC shopping and he mm-hmm. would narrate it it was so funny oh my god he's very That's funny so cool. yeah he's he's a very funny person yeah yeah <laughs> he is. um so yeah so um he got another uh, we, we heard the ding at the end of that clip of Larry getting another text from Emma who wants to know, is Jerry funny in real life? And he's like, yes, Jerry Seinfeld is funny in real life. Um, and he's going to pay for his magazine. And it just so happens that the maitre d' from the restaurant is like walking by at that very exact second. And as yeah. he like goes over to kind of like give the $20, like they kind of brush hands and the guy like, I guess, steals the 20 for lack of a better word. He steals $20 from Larry um, as if he's like greasing him at the newsstand. Um, and Larry's like, oh, that guy stole twenty dollars from me. This is crazy. Like, it's like the woman on the horse. He, he stole twenty dollars from him. Right. Always doodle on your twenties. Um, and then another text oh. comes in. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes, Mister Chester. Yeah, and that's him, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, it's like he's like in that like just like vestibule somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he just like his head comes out of like a wall in like Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> That's Larry. It's he's yeah, buying, yeah. He's buying gum with it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, sorry, I don't take right. I don't yeah. take twenty dollar bills with with lips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the president. All right. So there's something about some people stealing twenty dollars that Larry's obviously obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Another text comes in from Emma. Larry, do you watch Wizards of Waverly Place? And finally, like Larry's like, I've had it with this kid. He writes back in all caps. No, I don't watch Wizards of Waverly Place. I am an adult. Which yeah. it's hard to believe based on his previous behavior. It's hard to believe. Yeah, you mean he's enough an adult that, you know, he probably doesn't watch Wizards Waverly Place. I don't know well, what that no, is. Well, no, but it's like, how long has it gone on, essentially? Yeah. Like, we're like three texts at this point. Oh, I but think like, more than within that. 
Oh, you, like think, well, you, you think there's like a whole there's a whole day of activity that we're not seeing. We're just I, I think there's been you. hundreds of texts. <laughs> hundreds because of texts. Of, just because of the amount of times I've changed my outfit. That's how I know that. <laughs> hundreds of texts. Oh, wow. There I did not even think of that. You're probably days. right. You're probably right. In my mind, there's been three texts. You're right. No, She's yeah. Larry immediately responds every time. So she just responds every time. <laughs> right. That's true. She yeah. feeds the beast. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't immediately respond to a teenage girl who texts yeah. you. Like. No, but uh, why does Larry continue to respond? It's just not his form like you would just really would think he would just <laughs> yeah you know text me please tell her to stop and then right. just never answer yeah, yeah. Right. but it's funnier this way Yes. Oh, it's much funnier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when people do things that annoy Larry David. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Larry, uh, Larry comes to work and he parks his car in the lot. And who is there? Um, very Susie-esque, I would say, like just like kind of like waiting him for him to arrive in the parking lot <laughs> so she could yell at him. <laughs> um, very Susie-esque is um, one Stacy, mother of Emma, waiting to confront Larry. Why would you do that, Larry? Huh? What were you thinking? What are you, what are, what are you talking about? Why did you yell at Emma? Yeah, I yelled at Emma. Yes, you did. You texted her with all caps oh, and a lot no, of exclamation no, points. No, that, that's not yelling. Yes, that's it not, is. No, that's... I was being emphatic. I wasn't yelling. What were you thinking? I was thinking maybe I can get her to stop texting me. <laughs> Larry, I need you to make this right, okay? Okay, I'll make it right. Okay. Right. Why right. did you do what she said? We're going to lunch at one o'clock. I want you to be there. Pretend like it was what? your idea. Okay, you're taking us to lunch. lunch. I think it would be really nice if you took her out to lunch. You'll bring her a little present. We have to go to lunch? Yeah, one o'clock lunch, okay? Can bring her a little, little gift. snack no, upstairs? Not a gift, Larry, some, some milk and Thank cookies you. or something? I appreciate it. <laughs> the control that your character has. I don't know. I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. She's this woman. She has the audacity to after she she sets her teenage daughter, not even teenage daughter, like you know, tween daughter, loose yeah. on Larry's phone. She's yeah. like, "Why don't you take us out to lunch?" Not, <laughs> and by the way, not her, us. I'm coming to lunch. You know, how does she get any of this leverage? And I'm yeah. like, I'm also the like one of these things is not like the other character. Like we spend a lot of time doing this during the Seinfeld reunion. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. Larry doesn't have a bigger things to worry about than some kid. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, and the presents in all caps. I'm right. I wrote and the present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just throws that in. I'll also bring a present. To this uh, yeah, I love the flex. Um, so, yeah, so he got the power. Yeah, so we head on over for lunch and the maitre d' greets Larry and, you know, he seats him and, you know, he tries going in for the shake a few times, um, but there's, you know, no money coming and he's really confused. He's like, Mr. David, is something wrong? And Larry's like, oh, I see what's going on here. Like, you're expecting $20 from me. No, you know, you took $20 from me for no reason yesterday. Um, so that covers today's greasing. Um, you know, we're just going to carry forward. You know, I have a, you know, I have a, you had a debit. I have a credit, whichever, oh whichever one is right. You know, so now, you know, that's for this. And, you know, we're even. Um, and, you know, Stacy and Emma arrive. Um, anything else we want to say before we... Uh, yeah, Check just just a marvelous way to uh, assassinate a relationship by Larry David here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, although it's like this this major D goes way too far here. It's like fine. So you didn't get your twenty dollar bribe today. Sure, like, but right. th that's the only reason for the relationship from Larry's perspective. So why? Okay, but like over twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, but like as we'll as we'll see, like the treatment that he, Larry gets now, it's like he should still be just like a regular customer at the yeah. restaurant. No, right. now he is right. now he is a persona non. -crime. Right. He's yeah. Like so he's like yeah. He's basically kicked out of the restaurant now because yeah. he didn't pay right. off the major D one time. He's an arch enemy. <laughs> and the guy stole 20 bucks from him yesterday at the newsstand. So yeah. just like yeah. call it even. Yeah. 
I thought that was a new sand gift, as one, as one does. It is. It is very. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Let's see their lunch. Oh, hey. Hi. Larry. Hi. Okay. First of all. <laughs> I just want to apologize for the Perfect. text I sent you with all the capital letters. The bad, bad caps. You don't seem sorry. Well, I said I was sorry. Just because you say it doesn't mean you mean it. Yeah. Really you don't seem maybe, maybe we should get something to eat. Excuse me. Can we get some menus? Mary, do you remember when you were a little boy? If you no. can remember. Do you, no, you, I don't. you probably don't. Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. S- sir? Obviously, care. they're ignoring me on purpose. Well, I can't imagine why. I know why. Really? Yeah, I know why. Why? Excuse me. Could you please get us some menus over here? This little girl, she's got an appointment with the doctor. She's got a rash on her pussy. She needs to get out of here. Stop looking at your No, watch. I have to be out of here by 2 o'clock. Is there anything else that Larry could do? Something that Emma likes. Presents. You know what? I heard somebody wants to be a writer. Oh, remember? Oh. What do you write with? A pen. A pen. Somebody gave this to me, and I'm giving it to you. It's a nice pen. It's a beautiful pen. Huh? Yeah, I forgive you. Yeah. Oh, yay! Oh, give yeah. him a hug and some sugar. Larry, that was thoughtful. Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. So can we talk about for a second uh, the, the girl who's playing, and I forgot, Avi, you did say uh, the, the actress's name earlier. I apologize. Sierra McCormick. Yeah. An excellent job of her as a child here in this scene. Like, you don't yeah. look sorry. <laughs> oh, no. She's perfectly cast. Yeah. 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 But then she's also very easily tricked into thinking that just like a random pen is a mm. good gift. Yeah. Well, she's a kid, but yeah. I think you're asking a child to play improv, which is like very impressive. I yes, think. I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, she uh, she does she goes really well. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, after this whole buildup of a gift, I was hoping for better than a pen. But you know, Larry needs to pawn off this pen on somewhere, so everyone's getting foisted. This <laughs> yeah, guy. exactly. Right. This pen has been flagged, but yeah, he's it's really a terrible thing to do to a child if you think about it. Yeah, there was a whole storyline of an ass pen on on an episode of Scrubs. Mm. Where there was a whole concept that like everything in the lost and found jar had been in, taken from someone's mm. ass. Well, in a hospital, that could be literally the case, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a million to one shot, Doc. A million to one. <laughs> million to one shot, Doc. Million to one. Are we ready to uh, to take a look at Michael and Leon? Yes, finally. Let's get to it. All right. Oh, my God. Look, I made a mistake. It's been three years. Don't hurt me. Please. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm Danny Dubestein. So funny. You Dubestein? I'm Danny Dubestein. <laughs> Come in. I want to talk to you. Is, is Larry here yet? Wait no. for Larry to get here. No, no, no. I got to uh, talk to you. This is very important. Larry said he'd be here at 2 o'clock. So, Duberstein. That's a Jewish name, right? Yes, it is. I was adopted by some lovely Jews. <laughs> and you were bar mitzvahed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Three times. The last time was a few months ago in Atlantic City. Yeah, but I thought you only got bar mitzvahed once. You know, no, no, when no, you're no. 13 years old. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. What? It's once every 13 years, you know? You gotta recharge the mitzvah. So you always keep your mitzvah kind of full. Like capacity. Capacity, uh, uh, mitzvah, capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, everything I ate tasted like peaches. 
<laughs> and I forgot how to multiply. <laughs> I could subtract, but I couldn't multiply. If I'm fucking six women three times a day, seven days a week, <laughs> how many times per week am I fucking? Was it 10? Was it 130? Was it 16? I was tripping out. That's some weird stuff, man. <laughs> you telling me. <laughs> Danny Dugatine's good at two things. That's math and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you beat the gross? <laughs> you know what? It... This hat. <laughs> this hat saved my life. Tell, tell me about that. Sorry, I got held up at this restaurant. Show, man. I'm in that fucking room busting my ass for well, you, man. man. What's with these suits? You look like Farrakhan with the bow tie, the glasses. Look, man, I'm trying to fuck this Muslim girl, man. I had to join her for a month, okay? <laughs> the counts don't look like this. It's the whitest shit I got right here. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you think happened in there? I went in that room and whited that shit the fuck up. I had to fucking do rolling with me. I didn't know what the fuck a gross disease is. I'm telling you one thing, though. That man in that room, that goofy motherfucking man in that room will survive that shit. You better believe it. And he bought it? Let me tell you how fucking well he bought it. He gonna give me $200,000 to invest for his ass. I Danny Dugan steamed the fuck out that man in that room. <laughs> fucking voila! Ugh. You know what I mean? Good man, I got a rehearsal. Come Let's on. Go. Good job. God, he's funny. Oh, man. Um, by the way, the math on that is 126. Uh, oh. women per how week. many women that he's fucking? Okay. Good, yes. good, good. I have to say, he's like, the the joke that Marty Funkhauser says is like such an iconic moment. And yet somehow it's, I mean, Eclipse, this is, I think this might be the best Leon we've seen yet. Yeah. I mean, this is just like completely off the wall. (laughs) It's so good. It's just like so over the top. And it's like, it works on so many layers of like, both like the character Kramer and the way that like Michael Richards is responding as someone who's just like being improvised to of like he's just being like oh I thought bar mitzvah is 13 <laughs> like I'm pretty sure about that just from life like yeah. I, you know presumably Michael Richards has you know knows enough Jewish people from being on Seinfeld and like whatever in his life <laughs> like yeah I feel like I would have heard that but like at the same time like and you know Alex and I could certainly speak to this like orthodox Judaism as you know as it gets deeper and deeper is like anything can be true so it's like, <laughs> when he's saying this, he's like, he's like, okay, I, I guess I could be like, I've never heard that, but like, what do I know? Like, yeah, th- those people do crazy things. Yeah. That was, yeah. I think, uh, well, I, yeah. you gave, you gave, you know, JB the energy and the crazy that usually comes from Kramer. So he was faced with his own kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Person like, oh, here's a worthy adversary. Yeah. Michael um, Richards is, is so subdued throughat this episode because yeah, he has yeah. growths. Listen, yeah. you have groats, and uh, and, and, and in real life, also, you know, Michael had uh, had had some uh, tough times, self inflicted, but um, so yeah. yeah, he he, it's really JB Smooth. Just it's it's almost like the next generation, like you see, you know, like LeBron playing a game against Michael Jordan in some fictional universe or something. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, Alex, as you um you alluded to at the very top of this episode, um, as we first heard your voice, um, it was my birthday this week, and I believe it is your birthday next week. Mm. Um, we are both turning 38, so gotta get ready to recharge that mitzvah. Yeah, this time next year, both of us will be recharging the mitzvah. Mm, Um, our third bar mitzvahs. What are you gonna Um, do to recharge your mitzvah? Yeah, maybe we should have like a like a joint birthday or a bar, you know, recharging the mitzvah 39 birthday party. Yes, like that. 
I feel like the That's third recharge. I, I feel like the third recharge is very different than the first in terms of the nature of the party. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. It'll be like the first, right? It's like yeah. it kind of like goes backwards. Like the third, mm. the, the, you know, the one at thirteen is like pretty tame. There's a lot of adults there. Yeah. Twenty six right. is probably very wild. Yeah. Yep. You have a lot of fun. Maybe you go to Vegas. Uh, you yep. know, something like that. You go to Europe. Um, and then thirty nine, you're like, oh, we'll go out. We'll have a dinner in a restaurant or something. Yeah, yeah. I see. And then, and then what? Ha- what happens if uh, if you're lucky enough to make the fifty two? 52 mm. you have you have like you know coffee you want a cruise or something <laughs> oh cruise that could be nice right yeah the truth is then you probably it probably you know the it probably does yeah, kids are out of the house maybe almost yeah yeah, yeah. you know probably at uh at the very end it probably is when you probably have the best of you know the 26 one is very good but you know right. there's like 50s to 70s you could do some really uh really fun parties yeah it's funny, yeah. Rob, you mentioned how that maybe Michael Richards is thinking as he's talking to who he thinks is Danny Duberstein. Well, at a certain level of, you know, observance, Judaism, who knows what they do. There is a thing that people do of having a second bar mitzvah at the age of 83. Yeah, really? I've heard that. I've heard that. Because friend, the idea is that a natural lifespan is 70 years. And so 83 means you've hit the second bar mitzvah and you're thanking God for, you know, 13 bars. Right. And, and why is 70 a thing? Because somebody said so. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How old are uh, <laughs> Yeah, to some extent, yes. or to all extents. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, all right. So we're uh, so Leon. You know, Leon comes in. He joins Larry on the set, and he's like, "Who are those two people? Like, who, are they sleeping together?" And Larry's like, "Do you mean Jerry Seinfeld and Julia Louise Dreyfus? Like, do you not know who Jerry and Elaine are? Like, what's going yeah. on here?" And it's like obviously like, he's never seen the show. Yeah. Um, right. This was like very, very much reminded me of that scene from that um, O.J. Simpson show where like the jurors, there's like an argument between the, the white jurors yeah. and the black jurors. Watch, about watch. Yeah. watch. Like half of them yeah. want to watch Seinfeld, the other half want to watch Martin. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, no, like Leon's never seen Seinfeld. He has yes. no idea who these people are. There's no are. chance, yeah. Uh, like Newman walks in, he's like, who's that little fat bastard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, um, Larry's like, he's just like scratching like crazy. Maybe I caught whatever, you know, I caused the Emma's rash. I'm, you know, I got it now. How could um, he catch her? Rest? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, this is, well, the, that's what the doctor, yeah, that's, that's what, what the doctor's, doctor's going to be. Gonna be. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Somebody is going to, uh, yeah, we wondering about that as well. Um, I can't believe they got away with some of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're always yeah. like, they're always like just yeah. ahead of the cusp. Yeah, they're always like just like right ahead of the cusp of, of like yeah. what will like get you completely canceled like two yeah, years later. Exactly. Yeah, they're right always right on that edge. Um, yeah, when they try to do the Monina scene, but like Michael's wearing the hat that he got from Leon, and they're like, "What are you doing? You can't wear that like that hat." Like everyone knows Kramer as like you're you're Kramer, the guy with the big hair. Like you can't be wearing a hat. Um, and he's like, "No, I need that hat because like Leon." And Leon explains that like he told him that like the hat will save him from the groats. Apparently, he told him if you take that hat off, you, you will die. die. <laughs> That's so stupid. Though. Listen, he was riffing. <laughs> he was riffing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Larry didn't really prepare. Put send him in like under good circumstances for yes. that beating. Yeah. Um, the fact that yeah. he sells it is a miracle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the fuck man is back and Larry's like, what the fuck? You're here again? What's going on? <laughs> and to make matters worse, he's brought along Mrs. Duberstein. <laughs> Apparently she's a huge Seinfeld fan. And she knows is. all the lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, you should have her the next uh, patron uh, Seinfeld quotes episode. You should oh. have uh, Mrs. Duberstein on. She knows all the lines. Yeah. We should we should yeah. test her against AB perhaps. Yeah, you could test her against AB. You could have yeah. a you know a fourth man in the booth with Ali and Jared. Yeah, no, lots of lots of ways to involve uh, Mrs. Duberstein into the uh, Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Michael, uh, Michael's like, while he's on the set, he overhears this conversation and he comes over and he's like, oh, um, Mrs. Duberstein, I met your husband 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm afraid that's not right. Uh, my husband died <laughs> a few months ago from Groats disease. <laughs> um, and of course, like now, you know, Michael's besides himself. <laughs> and Funk chimes in, it was a long, painful death. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah so um, with, with, with yeah. his with his marty Funkhauser smile you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah of course <laughs> yeah so um we head over for um i guess this is the second yeah. to last scene of the episode as michael goes trying to hunt down uh leon yeah yeah i'm talking to you what kind of low life are you say my my number one favorite thing about that entire scene is that he calls him Duberstein like he still thinks he's Duberstein yeah yeah <laughs> he's like what does he think is the situation here it's a different Duberstein well what else is he supposed to call him yeah I don't know I guess worse things can, there's worse things we've seen him say on, on tape so fair 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 um yeah that's a better I, yeah, I mean Duber it is like the language that he uses is forced if only there was a word I could say but you know um <laughs> yeah but I mean, look, it is. I do think it's funny, and you know, I I think that you know there is something about to the fact that Michael Richards is willing to be mocked on curb for like the worst thing that's ever happened well, to him. Well, that that's the only way out of that. Yeah, I mean, but uh, to be fair, I also think that I can imagine some people would be offended by the fact that he's like monetizing, you know, his racism, and I'd be, there might be people who are upset about that. But yeah, I think on one episode of Curb. Yeah, I think the fact that he's willing to acknowledge it um, and poke fun at it is, you know, he he's he's acknowledging, you know, um, that that he was in the wrong there. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's yeah. Phenomenal. And listen, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not a believer in like judging people by their worst moments. And like yeah. obviously, yeah. what like what he did was completely unacceptable. And like hopefully he's you know done whatever he can to make amends for that. Yeah. But like yeah. you know, it sounded like you know he was willing to acknowledge at least in this you know medium of like obviously I was in yeah. the wrong in that situation. And like I shouldn't do that, and no one should do that. So like yeah. you know, I think I think it's handled pretty elegantly here. Um, yeah. As elegantly as you could handle it. I mean. Yeah, I only match that because I remember when he was on Comedians in Cars getting coffee that I remember like some people were upset about that. But look, some people are upset by everything. So, yeah, um, yeah but this episode's um, yeah. not even done. That could have been like a, you know, a final a final scene. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. I, I completely forgot when I was just rewatching it this week. I watched it a few weeks back and then like I just watched it again yesterday, um, yeah. you know, just to get ready for the show. And like I completely I, I thought that was the last scene. I was like, oh, right. There's like this like kicker at the very end. Yeah. Um, Rand Randall and, Park uh, still has to appear as a doctor. Randall Park uh, now of <laughs> WandaVision fame. Yeah. Um, and he has a rash all over. He gets gone from his back to his neck, to his arms, his fingers. And the doctor's like, well, how do you think you got it? And Larry's like... Well, um, yeah, why don't we watch this, actually? This is better to watch, yeah? No, I'd rather hear you uh, read it off. Yeah, okay. So uh, he says, well, you know, I've been seeing this nine-year-old girl. I was joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just trying to get you to say the word you've been avoiding all episode. Yeah. Let's cue it up. Let's cue it up. You know, I've got this uh, rash. Okay. First it was on my back, now my neck, my, my arm. Now it's on my hand, oh, fingers. Yeah, I could see that right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, do you have any idea how you may have gotten this rash? You know, the only thing I can think of is I've been seeing this nine-year-old girl, and, and she kind of has a rash on her pussy. Um, you know, I took her to lunch the other day, and we had a fight, and we made up, and we hugged. So, uh, yeah, it must it got to be her. One second. Yeah, that's her now. <laughs> She's so cute. We text all the time. For a while we were, but we're back on now, so. Uh, you know what? We'll get you taken care of. I got another patient to check on. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. All right. Don't tell your mother, but I want you. you another. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. See, yeah, there we, by contrast, I think that the wording actually works and is, is much much less forced. I mean it's absurd, yeah. obviously. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, he's completely like, you know, not aware of what he's saying. But the I, we needed to watch that just for the, the change of the expression on uh Randall Park's face. He's like yeah. he's just oh, like, Oh, yeah. okay, tell me about your rash that he's just like completely stoned cold, like what? <laughs> You're seeing a nine year old girl. Um, it's funny that in two scenes, Larry David went from a person who's horrified to hear someone's, uh, you know, uh, Vicky, yeah. when her character says that. Yeah. And then two by two episodes later, he's so nonchalant about it that he'll just casually yeah. say it to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's isn't it funny wonderful? that he chooses to say, I've been seeing her. We've been yeah. seeing each other. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, nothing yeah. he said is inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's her now. She's so cute. We text all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's the uh, we, you heard the music. That's the end of our uh, our curb episode. That right. was a great episode, and that was a great experience. And I was, feel so lucky to talk about it with you guys. Mm. Well, Vicky, how would you rate this episode from uh, one to five pretties? <laughs> one to five pretties is that what you guys do yeah pretty yeah. pretty 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 good oh, pretty 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 uh, five. Oh, understood yes uh what about you um yeah i'm right there with you um this is just an absolutely phenomenal episode of curb your enthusiasm um just like uh, completely blown away by it every time i watch it it's like I, I was watching this show the, this oh, during the week and I kept texting Alex. I think if you, if you recall, I'm like, this episode is so good. I can't believe how good this episode is. We're going to need to have so many clips for this episode. It's yeah. like every other scene is like an iconic, great scene that has like you dying of laughter. Um, there's just like so many people just like come together to just like make this just like, I think, absolute masterpiece of television. Um, I don't know That's if we're getting a lot of puzzle pieces to put together. Yeah, this 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 episode checks so many boxes and basically yeah. hits it's a home run in all of them and like you could quibble with some of the stuff like yeah like the whole like pussy thing like this would never happen like exactly right. that way but like there's things like that 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 happen and like this is just like an exaggerated version um yeah. but like everything else in this episode is just like absolute home run um so i don't know if are we just doing ratings or are we doing rankings as well uh oh. well, i mean usually we uh how many pretties are you giving it off Oh, I'm giving it five pretties, the full five pretties, no question yeah. at all. Mm. And you, ha you, you started putting me through the exercise of ranking all the episodes because I yeah. always do the ratings. And now I end up with like eight ties, have like eight 5.0s. Yeah. We don't use anything other than 5.0 or 4.5s, although, you know, we, maybe we should do that. Whatever, mm. who knows? <laughs> um, so now I have to go actually like rank and figure out the, all the 12 that are 5.0, which one's ahead of which. Uh, but I'm going to say at this point, um, the table read is my favorite episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. Wow. Um, in a romp. I like, I like this episode considerably more than any other episode we've seen so far. I think. Wow. It's the best thing we've seen. Wow. Uh, absolutely unbelievable episode of TV. 
Um, and um, I think when we get to like some of the other categories, you'll like, I think it'll become more evident, like why I see it this way. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a hot take. This is, uh, you know, universally, like the consensus is that this is a top, um, that, that this is a top five episode of Curb. Um, in fact, I'm looking at my overall rankings of, of all like the ringer and IMDb and all like the online websites that are ranking right. episodes. And I've recently gone and um, updated those for new rankings as well. And they have this uh, sixth of the episodes we've seen so far overall, the cumulative average um, episode Ninja has a third and another ranking has a third, another ranking has a fourth and IMDb has a second and LA weekly has wow. a fifth. So like universally a top five episode. Um, but I think, you know, like when we have guests on, I try and make a point of not being seen as kissing up to the guests and just giving you every episode that we have a guest uh, five stars, unless I feel it really merits it. And I don't, I don't know what kind of mood I was in when I, when I rated this episode last week, because um, uh, can I just read you what I wrote my notes from, uh, from last week? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I was, I was trying to be tough. I said, I said the table, okay, I'm going to skip all that. I say the Duber scene bit, one of the funniest things in the show's history, uh, super Dave's joke to Jerry, another all time iconic curve moment. Uh, I love the casual way Vicky mentions Emma's pussy and all the consequences that derive therefrom. Nice lawyer word there. Um, but I think the main reason for this episode's incredibly high ranking is the feeling of nostalgia that we get. The same one that Julia and others within the episode explicitly mention of feeling yeah. like we're back in Seinfeld again. Absolutely. But, but, but hold on. But while I understand how special okay. that is to the actual human beings in the room who made Seinfeld, for me, the Seinfeld portions of this episode of Curb, you know, we'll discuss those on a future episode of this podcast. Um, but you know, we have 180 other hilarious episodes of my favorite sitcom of all time that I can watch whenever I want. So I'm going to shock myself here because I came in fully expecting to drop five full pretties on the board, but I'm going to be a really tough grader. And I'm grading this, not just as a curb episode, but as a Seinfeld episode. And, uh, it's making me realize why Jerry and Larry were actually correct not to do a Seinfeld reunion in real life. Two and a half, only pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half pretties for me out of five. And I ranked this. Yeah, I get that. I've heard that. But but hold on. But, but I'm. Well, you can you can defend me in a second, but I'm not defending me now because like as we went through the episode now, I was laughing so hard. There's so many iconic moments in this episode beyond the ones I already mentioned. I think I was wrong. Like I, I'm not this is not backtracking. This is not kissing up to Vicky like on the air. I really I'm I don't looking, care. What you yeah, of course. We've had guests who cared. <laughs> that, well, that's oh, true. Well, yes, no, I mean, um, that's true. But I like what you're thinking. Ahead. Yeah. But but honestly, I think and we'll discuss it as a Seinfeld episode later. And so maybe that's part of why, because we sort of skipped over the Seinfeld, right. like the parts of the Seinfeld episode. There's yeah. so many iconic moments. I'm moving this all the way up on my personal list uh, from 44 to seven. I'm wow. Wow. That's a big jump. <laughs> yeah. And so that means it goes up from two and a half to five pretty. So five pretties for this episode for me as well. Um, and I need to know, like, I don't know what kind of substances I was on or like what happened last week, how I gave it to half, because. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, I, I think, as I said, I, I, I can't. I don't think I could gush more about this episode than I already have. I mean, I think this episode is just like absolute home run, beat by beat, all the way through. Um, if you would have before I did, you know, did my, you know, this rewatch in preparation for the show, um, if you would have asked me which was like the iconic episode of Seinfeld from season seven, I would have guessed it was the finale, the reunion. Um, I completely forgot that, that the table read is like a million times better. Not, not that the reunion isn't a good episode. Like we'll get to that next week. I'm, you know, not as quite as high on that as this episode, because I think this is like 
peak curve. I think this is the best episode that we've seen. Um, and now, I will you know, note, I will just note for the record that next week's episode is also a top five all time ranking. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yes. And I, and I, I'm absolutely sure like nostalgia is a big part of that, but like also, so what? Like, okay. So yeah. like it works. Like sometimes like cliche things work. Like there's a reason they work. There's a reason why yeah. people appeal to nostalgia. It's effective. It makes you feel good. Like who cares? It's like, oh, it's like a different part of your brain that's being tricked into pleasure by watching this. Like that's yeah. fine. I will be interested uh, when we get to the mailbag yeah. though, to see if any of the listeners have our, our lower graders to see if it was like where I was coming from a week ago. Cause I honestly, I can't, I can't yeah. picture what I was thinking last Okay. Week. So, so like you, you were going to defend it. The, the harsh Alex. Well, listen, listen, I, because <laughs> I do understand that the people that were the hardcore Seinfeld fans didn't feel they got enough Seinfeld. In it's the always table. a tease. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But people wanted like a real, like a full episode. That was like, that would, that would make sense was, and work. Yeah. So, or at least something closer to that mm -hmm. rather than just like a uh, like a mumble jumble of things. Yeah. I hear that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, that's that's not that but wasn't I, my experience. I mean, I forgot how good it is. So it, not just because I'm in it, like everybody, every bit, every everybody's great. Yeah. Writing is fantastic. In it. All right. Uh, okay. Av, who is your come with guy or gal? Yeah, and like this question is so difficult to answer, and that's why this episode is the best episode of Kerr because I wrote down five names for Come With Guy, and none of them are even Larry. Like even without using Larry, like I had five Come With Guys, and like this was really a tough one to decide. I mean, obviously, like Leon it hits a home run, Funkman hits a home run, Jerry is like great throughout the episode. The way he's just like teasing Larry, um, he's a kind of like a reverse Come With Man, but like he's still great. And like Jason is larger than life in this episode, picking fights with Larry, Vicky completely over the top just like throwing pussy around like nobody's business um like I, I don't even know how to choose i mean i think at the end of the day like i i said five names and i think the tiebreaker is if you're on the podcast you're the come with gal um because jerry and jason didn't come with and neither did bob einstein although you know he wasn't able to and neither did jb smooth and you know vicky is you know she's there throughout the episode just like she sets the whole pace of this episode with, you know, Larry taking it to that next level. And uh, she's the come with gal of the table read. Okay. That, that, cool. that, that, that's a good, uh, that's a fair one. I, I'm going to go with Leon though. Um, notwithstanding uh, incredible, incredible performances by so many, but Leon goes into that room and he whited that shit the fuck up. Um, really yeah. And, and I will note that Leon now with my vote here today, ties Susie and Richard Lewis for fourth place on the come with guy standings behind Jeff Cheryl and LD himself, uh, which I think means that Leon officially joins the Mount Rushmore of uh, the show wow. before he's even a series regular. Yeah. He's wow. really special. Yeah. Um, but that was, and that was, they gave him a great moment there and he yes, took it. You know? Absolutely. All yeah, right. This I, one, let's see if we have disagreement here. Who is the wait, fucking asshole? Wait. Wait, wait, why don't did we did we get one from Vicky? Did she want to suggest a oh, uh, other with? than herself? Okay, sure. <laughs> she can she can choose herself if she uh, like. Yeah, v or she can choose someone else. Vicky, who's the come with well, guy no, in I this mean, episode? You're talking about performances, right? No, it's no, whatever it's you not, want. Not the actress whatever or the actor. Want, no. We think we think of it as which character is uh is sort of steals the episode from Larry David or like the right. MVP of the episode. Like, or it's yeah. it's really kind of like an inchoate. However, I you think want it's JB. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably yeah, that's that's a very good choice. I'm not stealing it. But I'm I'm a catalyst. But I think JB with what he did there was I think he stole it. Yeah, he yeah, comes really on at this point in the series. He comes on to every two or three episodes for one or two scenes, just just causes complete havoc, and then it's almost like a hurricane, and then just disappears. 
Right. And then, and then we yeah. wait for the next two episodes. Where is he? And then he goes a whole week or two without, you know, th- again, still back in season seven. By now, season 11, right. I assume he'll be in every episode of the upcoming season. Yeah. So, Av, Av, who is your fucking asshole? Yeah. So, Stacey, the good news is that you were the come with gal. Uh, the bad news is you're also the fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, that's indisputable, I think, in this episode. I mean, vaunted and clean sweep. Com- completely vulgar and unprofessional in the office. Um, you know, completely imposes on Larry. Um, then so somehow ropes him into taking them out to lunch to apologize yeah. to them. He's bossy. Uh, she's yeah, he's your boss. What's going on here? I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah. You're the fucking asshole. Oh, no, wow. you're, you're, I, sorry, Stacy. Not, yeah. not, not Vicky, Stacy. Now I, I'm yeah. shocked. Vicky is lovely. I thought it was to be consensus for Jason Alexander. This man doesn't oh. respect a borrowed pen. He really <laughs> has it in for Cheryl. Right. Jason Maybe Alexander the moment like, wasn't. Yeah. The, they didn't make as much of that moment, and that's why we're not grabbing mm. on to it as much. Yeah, he's my who, he's my fucking asshole. Who's yours, Vicky? The fucking asshole? Yeah, in this episode. It, it would have to be me, but I can't pick me. No. So <laughs> I'm going to pick, pick Bunkhauser. <laughs> yeah, Bunkhauser is not great either. He He's pushes really boundaries, good. yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking the Major D is a, is a sneaky good one also. Yeah. Yeah. What an yeah. asshole. Yeah, he is an asshole. Fuck you. He, he steals yeah. $20 from Larry at the newsstand. And then screws and then him over it, at the restaurant. And then plays dumb the next day. Like, yeah. he doesn't know exactly right. what happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. he's tipping you at the newsstand. Okay. I yeah. also have to pick Ben Stiller. I forgot. Mm. Ben Stiller. I mean, <laughs> wait, who did we say walked out of the store? Oh, Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. But ben that, Affleck. Was last, last that was week. last episode. That, that was, was last, last week. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, that was Ben Affleck? Why didn't I hear you right on that? Yeah. That's no, that weird. was Ben Affleck, but that was last week's episode, not this no, week. No, I get yeah. that now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. No, well, Ben Affleck, yeah, Ben Affleck's a fucking asshole because why didn't he come back this week? You should be on every episode yeah. of Curb. <laughs> right. You know, like how um, Jimmy Kimmel has that with apologies to Matt Damon shtick? Yes. So I think that Curb should just have Ben Affleck randomly for one second as an extra in every episode. I do too. Yeah. Haven't yeah, they done that a few other times? Like they'll be in the coffee shop up in the Brentwood in um, the Canyon, you know, that coffee shop they go to in LA. Mm-hmm. And there's always like one famous person that's in there that He's pissed off, or it's like a yeah. one-off. Though, remember? You know, yeah, but they like... usually get like speaking roles, and they actually appear on the show, yeah, not right. just yeah. Ben Affleck, just that. Yeah, moving <laughs> around in the background. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I guess one... there aren't other ones that just walk by. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things we track also every week is uh, you know which celebrities are making their cameos. As you know, as I've said at the top, we got all these Seinfeld legends. We have uh, Vicky, not as Ada, of course, but uh, uh, back from Seinfeld, Wayne Knight, Steve Heitner, Estelle Harris. Uh, no, Jerry Stiller, sadly. Um, we mentioned before where Randall Park is the doctor. We have Eric Andre is credited as playing a PA in the episode. Obviously, yeah. before he's Eric Andre. Yeah, he's uh, in the next episode as well. He, uh, yeah. he actually plays a very crucial role. Mm. Oh. Yes. All right. Is it time off for us to go to the postman? It is time to go to the postman. Um, Vicky, if you want to stick around for some emails, that's great. Um, okay. If you want to drop off, you, you should feel free to do so as well. But we're, okay. we're, we'd love to have you stick around for another, yeah. uh, I don't know, 10 minutes if you'd like. Sure. Happy to. All right, great. So let's go over to the postman then. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! And, um, you know, as always, we remind you to uh, write to the podcast if you have any questions, feedback, you want to rate an episode, you want to write something about a future episode, a past episode, we get stuff all the time. 
Um, you can write to us at curbpostman at gmail.com. And always a reminder, if you're still using Apple Podcasts, which apparently had a whole big debacle this mm. week, I don't know yeah. why yeah. everyone hadn't switched over to like a good podcasting mm. app, but fine. Um, now they're doing it. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, but you still, if you're still in that, you know, software somewhere, um, head on over there and rate us. Give us a five star rating. Uh, maybe even write something nice. And if you do, we'll read it on the podcast. So go for yes. it. And uh, just to reassure people, we definitely we read every single email. If an email is about like an episode that we covered a while ago, we might not read it on on the air of the on the podcast, but we certainly read every single email. And we yes. re- and if they're related to this episode, we're going to read them on the air. Yes. If you write, if you write an email about that this week's episode, yeah. we'll read it in, in basically its entirety. Yeah. But but I do uh, want to encourage people who have sent us good points from past episodes. That we you know we may not read it on the air because it's you know seventeen weeks ago by now. But <laughs> yeah. Um, although we have that one listener. I can't remember her name who like just like he's yes, she's going out of like, order. She, she floats. Yeah. Yeah. So um, intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. This this guy who emailed me, he also said like he started from the beginning and then he decided just like watching randomly, like based on what mood he was in, just like mm. jumping around. I forgot so he jumps around Raj to episodes of Curb and then comes to the equivalent episode of the podcast or he jumps. Yeah, episodes of the podcast I think so. and- I, Interesting. No, yeah, I assume he watches yeah. first. His name is Raj, right? As Raj had been writing in yeah. and saying, I started with season one. Now he's watching random episodes, depending on his mood. I just listened to season six, episode nine. Mm. And then he has, he has like a question about that. But, you know, yeah. we're not going to get into uh, right. that, that there now. Maybe when we do our second round, we'll. Yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the first email this week is from Josh Smith. He says, hey, what is there to say about this episode? Hilarious from start to finish. Love the callbacks with various. Seinfeld regulars Funkhauser's joke is about as iconic a moment as you can get five pretties out of five come with guys gotta be Leon the whole exchange with Michael Richards is absolutely fantastic how could you not give it to him after being bar mitzvah twice you gotta recharge the mitzvah <laughs> and the fucking asshole of the week goes to Jason Alexander because a pen should not be placed oh. in any orifices that you yes. have a man after my heart here yep okay next nice up Next up is from William Blake, and he says, Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I will wipe that shit up. The unaware and uninhibited nature in which Larry says rash on her pussy to everyone in shouting distances is what makes this show great. That Michael Richards called back to the racist tirade was a weirdly nice moment and admission of guilt that was not as pathetic as his Letterman show apology. The come with guy goes to Leon again. He should have won an Emmy for this performance, but I guess he's only good at two things, math and fucking. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of fucking, the fucking asshole is Jason Alexander. You don't take a pen wow. alone and suck on it, scratch your hairy chest with it, and then replace it with an inferior pen. What yeah. an asshole. Mm. And he says, this is Will. He says five pretties out of five, a top 10 curb episode for sure. Wow. Wow. Next up is Jim Crumley, who says the table read is another great episode. The only downside for me is that so many Seinfeld alums being featured dilutes the lariness of it all for me. Mm-hmm. For the come with guy, he says, Jason Alexander, he plays such a twisted version of George slash Larry here. The pen plot, the pen plot was such magnificent dementia. Yeah. And like, obviously it's like, they're both demented. Like who cares? Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. uh, for the asshole of the week, uh, Vicky, I'm sorry. I've got more bad news for you. Talking about your daughter's pussy at work, giving your daughter Larry's contact info, making Larry apologize. Sheesh. <laughs> By the way, seeing Emma all grown up is a good way to feel old. And he includes uh, <laughs> uh, Sierra McCormick's uh, IMDb, Jason. Mm, yeah. um, and he gives it a 4.7. Oh, okay. So I wow. guess uh, people, I guess we are doing, uh, so you know what? What is that? Pretty, 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 pretty. Like, pretty? Yeah. Good? Honestly, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. Between zero and five, send in any number. <laughs> We'll just put it. We have a spreadsheet. We'll just put in the spreadsheet. It'll yeah. figure it out. Um, it's it can do math, unlike uh, Danny Duberstein. Yeah, on, on Groats disease. On Groats, um, yeah. Okay. Now, if your computer um, gets infected with Groats, get a special hat for it. Yes, 
in the in the cleanup spot, Jared Jerome, who says, so I have to be honest, I was just a little disappointed in this one. Ooh. I'll get to my ranking later, but I had high hopes later. for my memory. And how while it was, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, while it was good and funny and very clever how they are tackling the idea of a reunion show in general, this specific Herb episode didn't really check all the boxes for me. I know I'm a certified Seinfeld nut, but I found myself preferring to watch the actual Seinfeld show that we are getting snippets of over the actual Curb episode being presented incomplete. So he's kind of saying the opposite of what yeah, he's saying the opposite saying of what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, they were funny bits, Duberstein anyone, but they were disparate and the connections I felt were forced. Uh, for his Seinfeld connection section, aside from all the obvious Seinfeld stuff, there was one actual Seinfeld connection. Thanks to the casting of Vicky, Vicky Lewis, who played Stacy Mother of Emma, she also played Ada, George's irresistible secretary, in season six, episode nine, The Secretary. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We, should, we, we didn't know that. that to, we should have put that, that together. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, if we happen to see Vicky Lewis, mm. we'll uh, we'll let her know <laughs> she was in both, along yeah. with six other people, I might add, ah. um, yeah. as discussed earlier. For his come with guy, he says, welcome back, Leon. It's been a while and we've all been teased by your brief moments of glory only to be shelved for weeks at a time. But in the table read, you are given your best material yet. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's in a story tied to your Seinfeld counterpart, Michael Richards. I've always thought of late season Leon as a Kramer stand in and the two of them are the tops of their games going at it over the return of growth disease. Danny Duberstein and bar mitzvahs. Every word out of Leon's mouth is pure fire in this one. And even his acting and reacting with facial expressions when Kramer keeps pressing him on the growth his stuff is spot on. Shout out to Wayne Knight who kills it as Newman in his tiny stint. Never missed a beat. For his asshole of the week, this one is a little tougher. Obviously, Cheryl's in the episode, so she's going to be tough to beat. And her innocent reading of lines and sheepish nervousness around the gang is obviously abominable. Um, <laughs> for, for context, Jared just hates Cheryl. He, she thinks he's the villain every week. So yeah. Tongue in um, cheek, though. Yeah, okay. but I'm going to give her a pass this week. I have never understood why Curb decided to make Larry and Jason Alexander's relationship so hateful and toxic as, as it has its moment, but I mostly find it frustrating. Is it because they are two sides of the same coin and Jason resents Larry forcing him to be typecast as loser George based on Larry? That could be. <laughs> but either way, who wants to see our two Georges at each other's throats all the time? I do George like divided like... against itself cannot stand. We know <laughs> that's that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, real life George and fake George or real life Larry and fake Larry yeah. cannot meet. Anyway, it's not Georgie Porgy. Funk is great. Jerry is great. Elaine is fine. The Major Dean is a flat out thief, but no worries. <laughs> while, Jeff, while Jeff doesn't seem to cause any trouble in this brief cameo, Emma's pretty damn annoying, but she's a kid, so I'll give her a pass. Her mother, on the other hand, is not getting a pass. Oh, first, first she forces Larry to hug her daughter, then tells him about her rash. Larry's gonna love that. That allows this inappropriate, unsupervised texting bitch to continue even when Larry tells her that he's had enough. <laughs> then when Larry merely uses caps in a response, forces Larry to having a full lunch, giving a present, and finally another hug and some sugar to her daughter. What a monster. Finally, all of this inappropriate arm twisting leads to a 5 to 10 stint in San Quentin for Larry for pedophilia. Something's got to <laughs> give. Asshole of the week goes to Stacy, formerly Ada, who put George's career in jeopardy and got a raise for her actions. She's evil in all of her guest appearances. What? <laughs> I'm evil in all of them. That's what Jared oh, she's says. Saying, she's saying you got George fired. I think oh, George. I, I would say I think George got George. Yeah, fired. George got himself fired. Yeah. <laughs> no, I contributed. He's right. Yeah. You didn't, help. you didn't help. You didn't help matters. You were too good a lover. <laughs> and secretary. I mean, you knew the pillow trick. Yeah, you were yeah. very efficient. 
Oh my God. Um, for his ranking, he says, okay, as I write this email, oh, I think he's going to pull a tester. I'm being reminded of some more of the classic scenes. The interactions with Jerry and Larry continue to be shockingly spot, a- spot on every damn time. What a rapport these two have. Better than any rapport filmed for Seinfeld or Curb. I, I agree. Like those Larry kind of Jerry yes. conversations are like as good work of just like dialogue as they've done. Like they're as good as yeah. the best George and Jerry stuff from Seinfeld. It's like spot on great stuff. Um, these two are in lockstep and Jerry is just great in this. You have Funk's appearance and joke, all the Kramer stuff. Great acting by Richards being all over the map. Sad that back to funny and manic. The Duberstein Kramer interaction is an all time Kerr moment. As mentioned, the bits and pieces we get from the reunion are legit Seinfeld level dialogue. Lots of clever parts, but the whole is lesser than the sum of these parts as all the interconnecting storylines, which are so important to me, felt mostly forced. Having said all that, uh, well, that'll come up next week. Uh, this episode reminded me in structure and execution of season four, episode 10, the opening night. And I put it just ahead of that. It is true. It is very much like that. The kind of like the, the meta-ness to it, the, like the coming together of the, you know, the reunion, the show. It's, yeah. Um, he, gave, he puts it just ahead of that. 19th out of 69 episodes so far, garnering it a pretty, 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 pretty good ranking. That's four pretties and one non-pretty, clearly above the meaty part of the curve where one Stephen Corrin loves to reside. So it's still good, and I expect it to be on the low end of the rankings this week, but I can only be honest with the material that I'm given. Good job done by all. Wow. So a turnaround there. So that's yeah, a 4.0, 4.0 from Jared. Yeah, he still ended in a nice spot from where, uh, yeah. where he started, I think. All right, uh, number five, uh, email number five is from Zach Brooks, who says, this is a very enjoyable Seinfeld reunion. Love seeing so much of the cast back and interacting with the Curb World. Thought the Michael Richards stuff was handled pretty well. And he gives it a four and a half out of five. Mm. Good. And last email, as always, is from Olin Allen, who says, this was a great fun episode and a decent half episode of Seinfeld 2. I think the table read itself was almost as good as an episode and had the added bonus of Jason Alexander sticking the pen around every orifice, which added another layer. (laughs) Added another layer to the pen, I would say. Um, Should we go back and forth naming orifices? (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) Uh, Do you remember the the body game uh, with my scanner? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sadly, I do. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Off topic. Uh, Bodysuit guy. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Michael Richards story was wonderful and superbly, superbly delivered and definitely letting Leon take a big part as a charismatic Jew. He gives it a 4.5 out of 5. Sixth so far behind the group and ahead of the niece handicap. The come with guy has to be Marty Funkhauser. Offering his support and really, really at ease and winning Jerry over. I watched this story several times after Bob Einstein's death, probably last death celebrity or otherwise that really impacted me. I also recently been super David Osborne. Um, yeah, uh, Bob Einstein, obviously very beloved. Um, happy yeah. to have him as a come with guy for this week. Um, and ending off Owen's email, he says, fucking asshole of the week has to be Jason Alexander treating his body like an amusement park with that pen. Mm. Condescending about Cheryl, which I think is being used partly as a parallel to his previous treatment, Heidi Swedberg. Um, so yeah, he's on to what you're selling, uh, just mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. And her apparent lack of chemistry and not give going with the group in the same manner really added an extra dimension to series seven of Seinfeld. Mm. Okay. Um, so those are the emails. So our um, so just to go through the uh, the ratings of the week. Um, so yeah, so we had a bunch of uh, we had from five or six, five or six different uh, ratings that averages out to an audience score of four point six two pretties, which is the number one ranked audience score so far. Yeah. And there's really only one way for it to go from there, given uh, our scores, which is uh, a five for me, a five from Alex, a five from Vicky as well. 
uh, which gives that an overall grade in our uh, fancy formula of a 4.9, wow, which show. makes it which makes it the overall number one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm to date as yes! voted on by you, the listeners, and us, the hosts, and she, the guest. <laughs> and that's going to be very hard to beat 4.9. 4.9 is a very high score. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the score. lowest score I got was a four, and then the rest are all 4.5 yeah. or higher. Right. I feel like if we get Larry David as a guest for Palestinian chicken, maybe we uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, we could, we could work on that. that. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe we can get Bibi Netanyahu for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard I heard he's available. He's available. Yeah. He recently became available. I think the problem is he's um, not. He's still like the opposition leader. Yeah. How about this? BB, if you if you resign from the Knesset, you have an open seat right. on pretty, pretty, pretty good to discuss any episode you want. <laughs> but probably right. Palestinian chicken. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it should be Palestinian chicken. Yeah. We're gonna have Bibi Netanyahu on the podcast. Yeah, but, like, but yeah. Let's, say, let's say Bibi Netanyahu uh, press spokesman comes out to us and says, "Hey, listen, uh, Bibi's a big fan of the show and the podcast. He wants to be on the Car Periscope episode. I think we probably <laughs> I mean, take him. <laughs> we'll take. It. I mean, well, we would probably politely suggest, oh, that yeah. sounds great. Like, just I'm wondering, would he prefer to do Palestinian chicken? <laughs> if not, totally cool. Like, we yeah. would throw it out there. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll get Michael J. Fox to do um, Palestinian chicken, and we'll have Bibi do yeah. um, the People versus Michael." J. Fox. Of course, uh, Michael Bloomberg is in that if we want another politician. Um, oh, right. He is in that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So get a ball. I'm yeah, sure he, they don't mind. I, I, don't... I, t- I point out the, uh, on Twitter this week that uh, he uh, he bans Larry from Manhattan, right? Did he really? Yeah, he kicks Larry out of Manhattan for uh, for besmirching Michael J. Fox, who everyone in New York. Calls. Oh, is that what happened? I don't remember that. That's yeah. funny. Well, we'll get yeah, to that. that. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there in uh, some months from now. Yeah, well, next teams. week. Okay. Next week. Now I have to watch every one. Oh, yes, you do. And if you want to come back, Vicky, to discuss any episode, even if you weren't uh, acting in that episode, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Yeah, you're what? Yes, Wilkie, you are welcome back anytime to talk about any episode of Curb. Um, we'll have um, we'll have some new uh, Curb coming out in the fall. So, uh, yes. I want to come with Cal. Vicky's been this has been like over two hours, and we're still going strong. This is fun. I love hanging yeah. out with you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. Next week we have uh, Seinfeld, which is the name of the episode of this television show, Curb Enthusiasm. It's our series finale. We get to see our first episode season of season finale. Season finale. Yeah, season sorry, finale. sorry. Heaven forfend. Although series really, finale, for- series finale of Seinfeld, perhaps. Yes. Well, but also at the time we did think it was we can discuss this next week. But th- there's a five year gap in time. Larry goes and does a Broadway show, which you and I both saw, and does a whole bunch of other stuff. I saw half of um, it. Oh yes, only the second half. <laughs> yes. We get to see our first episode of Seinfeld in over a decade. We will get to see the debut of Mocha Joe, who will become a a, a key figure in season ten. It's a uh, this show is just like The Wire. You know, they just subtly drop characters in and let them percolate yeah. for season after season, and then they. Explode into a <laughs> yeah, not exactly, but very, very excited. And Vicky, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'll just note just for listeners um, who want to who like writing in emails and stuff. Um, we're we're recording a little bit early. Hopefully next week um, we have a what should be a fun guest lined up, and mm-hmm. to accommodate their schedule, we'll be recording on Monday morning. Um, that get your emails uh, in by Monday. So yeah, so if you wanna if you wanna send an email, just get in by Monday. Uh, I guess that's the twenty second or so. Yeah, twenty first. 21st. All right. Yeah. 20th, Monday, this, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And, and as I've said at the top of this episode, we will be doing two episodes of this podcast about the final episode of the season of Curb. One will be about the Curb, and then the other will be about the episode of Seinfeld that we see in Curb. So, yep. and, and we will uh, have uh, a guest or two for that one as well. Yeah. So we have, uh, well. yeah. We have some, uh, we have some fun stuff coming up. So, yeah. um, you know, subscribe to the podcast, follow along. Um, I think, you know, the next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Mm. I agree. Be, <laughs> I totally agree. 
you heard what Vicky said. Uh, the next few weeks are going to be pretty, 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 pretty good. No, they are. You're getting to the, some really good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Vicky, thank you so much. This was really great. Uh, we really it's appreciate my pleasure. giving it's us my your time, pleasure. sharing your stories. Uh, this was a blast. And yeah, let's stay in touch. And we would certainly love yeah, to. Yeah, uh, please reach out to me. Sometime. You guys are great. This is a cool show. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, thank right. you so much. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Have a good night.